deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, DC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, it has been a week. Uh, since your life changed, mm, it has. Tell, tell me how how is how is life uh, now that you are the proud owner of a black milk Snape jersey? I mean, it's like feeling complete. It's like you were missing something in your life, and you just <laughs> uh-huh. didn't know until until that need was fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that surprised me about it. Yeah, it is like. Very high, okay, high, maybe high quality material isn't what I mean. It's very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very warm. So, I, like, full disclosure, I'm not wearing it right now. It is hung up next to me. I can <laughs> gaze upon it. Um, but, like, it's a, it's a little warm in here, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very animated when I'm podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, I'd get really sweaty in, in the Snape jersey. Yeah, uh, but it's like it's like that. thick. The second thing that surprised me about it he is very high resolution. It's a very powerful pic- set of pictures they've chosen there. Yeah. I was half expecting, so like when I when I got it, because I mm-hmm. ordered it from uh, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Like a long time ago at uh-huh. this point. Mm-hmm. This has been in the works for a while. Yeah. And uh, it arrived, and first of all, I didn't realize what it was, because again, the package was kind of heavy. <laughs> Uh-huh. Heavier than I was expecting for a a, a shirt. Yeah. Um, and uh, I immediately noticed when I opened it how crisp and clear. And also, they've kind of done a little bit of like he's got a little Instagram filter. Oh, look he to him. sure does. He's very very smooth, and uh, he's got some good color that I don't uh-huh. think he's ever had before. Nope. Um, he's, you know, he's looking a little more, a little rosier, perhaps. He's got some blush that he's not had in the films before. Well, the, the picture on the back, when I first saw it, I thought that he was wearing black nail polish, which would be very cool. Mm. However, it just is that high contrast filter that I think is put on at like the edges of the picture. Yeah. So it like brought forth the shadows and sort of makes it look like he's wearing black nail polish. Yeah. He's, he's looking kind of tan. Yeah. A Uh, little bit. Uh huh. Uh, in, in, a, in a way that I'm not used to seeing Snape. Mm. Um, he's been out in the sun a bit more than usual. Um, oh, maybe, maybe spending, I guess some bronzer. Well, if he's on a, if he's on a sports jersey, maybe he's hitting, he's hitting the Quidditch pitch a little more often. Oh yeah. I mean, he referees sometimes. Yeah. He's, so he's, maybe he's refereeing some more. It's the summer. He can't just stay in the dungeon all day. Right. Uh, so he's not, not as pale as he usually is. He's looking great. Um, I'm also a big fan of uh, the font mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Now, which side do you have facing? Because you have, you said you have it hanging up. Would you have it uh, front ways or back ways? So I do have it front ways. I'm looking at the sort of action action mm. front ways, so I don't see the font, um, but I can see it so clearly in my mind's eye. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe if it's going to be, if it's going to be hanging up, maybe it needs to be, I'm trying to think, you know, you know, like those things you get for like hotel room doors that are like, yeah. you know, do not disturb signs or, 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 you know, clean my rooms. Like you gotta, 
maybe there maybe that's like you're podcasting one of those like i mean oh, it is my podcasting ways. uniform though like, no, like that's i'm true. just i'm just not wearing it because it's like a little bit warm in that's here today true, yeah. but it was like really cold so i had my heater turned up and then it like went warm again so now it's just like a little bit warm and I'm it's like, really it's so heavy today. it is stuffy it's a stuffy day but i will wear it yeah um, have, you, have you tried it on at all yet like oh yeah definitely <laughs> to give it a little um, twirl yeah, yeah, I, you know, I had T-posed in it for sure. Hell yeah. Um, the thing is, is it's, like, quite large. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry, realizing, I couldn't, no. I, because, because of the, the nature of it, I couldn't, like, be picky about size, oh, you know? this is the perfect thing to happen because it now can be worn in a few ways, right? Mm. Like, I can wear it as, like, a jersey with, like, sweatpants mm -hmm. and, like, yeah. like loungewear. Um, I could put leggings on and belt it up around the middle, and it's a dress. So... Oh! So it's, you can wear it in a lot of different ways. Wow! Really eye-catching cool. ways, for sure. Hmm. I didn't even think of that. That's mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is even more... A, a more versatile uh, jersey than I was even imagining. Right. That's yeah, wow. The the Snape the Snape skirt, just the bottom the bottom of his robes <laughs> twirling around on your skirt. Very uh -huh. powerful. Yeah. yeah um, I love it. You know how in sitcoms, or at least like nineties sitcoms I guess I'm just thinking of friends. So like that's uh, there's <laughs> there's like sitcom. the episode where they like play football on Thanksgiving, right? Oh, and that's sure. sort of a that's sort of a little bit of a tradition. Like some people go and just like have a little backyard game of football on Thanksgiving. Sure, go play catch with the yeah, with the Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, everyone's going to think it's real weird in our friend group when I'm like, "Hey, we should do that once this COVID thing's taken care of." <laughs> and you're and you're all going to realize it's just so I can wear the Snape jersey <laughs> to the get, to the football game. You're going to get way into Thanksgiving purely to wear and uh, but but oh that's powerful though, because because then you can show off all of the ways. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, uh, let's go outside and play football. Here it is as a jersey, and then uh, <laughs> oh. but, but, like when you're welcoming when you're welcoming guests in for for Thanksgiving dinner, you've got you've got like the the belt dress thing going on. Oh, it's like the day night look transitions it, yeah. perfectly it's, it, into it, it's, an, an, into evening wear. It's the per it's the perfect it's the perfect. Uh, versatile piece of uh, clothing. You'll never need. You'll never need another one. Maybe I'll just see how many Super Bowl parties I can get invited to. <laughs> just see what, you can, what if you just wear it to work on like Super Bowl? Uh, oh my god! They're like, oh, I'm supporting my team. My team is uh, Snape. Yeah. Mm. That's the other part of it too, because because it, it would be, um, you know, everything we're describing about this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah but it has to be stressed like i mentioned in, in the in the uh the episode where we talked about this there is the snape shirt that is like the same material and like the same design yeah it's pretty good the thing is it's, the jersey is so good that it like the jersey, stands out the yeah. jersey really steps it up with specifically the part around like the neckline uh-huh where it is actually like sports jersey material oh there's also a slytherin crest the sl and the, there's a the slytherin there. yeah. crest on it uh -huh. yeah um and that's really what sets it apart so you could you could wear that super bowl when it's super bowl time i guess you're not going to work on sunday thank god um, right but uh but yeah you just say oh i'm i'm wearing i'm wearing my sports jersey for the big game celebration Oh, here's another opportunity. Do you think that we could infiltrate a local Harry Potter trivia bar night? Oh. Oh, wow. Yes. Also, do you think we'd win or do you think we'd lose? 
I, um, I, I feel like we would win. But then, I, then really, we do those like hard quizzes on the website, and we yeah. don't know. We don't know shit. That's the thing is, I it depends on what kind of trivia they go for. Mm-hmm. Anything about like, like in, you know, name five fucking Death Eaters or whatever. Oh, easy, yeah, easy. We, we would easily do that. Um, but like dates and stuff, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be worth a try. Hey, when this COVID thing's all over, by hopefully by then, I can have my, um, my like Mordor or Rivendell jersey. Oh yeah. And so we can go kind of as as a as a team that way and be like, okay, you've got the Snape jersey, I've got the Lord of the Rings jersey, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna clean these suckers out on Harry Potter trivia night, mm-hmm. uh, or try to at least. That sounds great. That is definitely an evening wear belted dress look. Uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and or so you start that way, and then when when you know when you win and you do like your football end zone dance, you can mm-hmm. take the belt off and and reveal this is actually a jersey. Yeah. This is sports to me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm wearing a sports jersey. See, that's the thing about the Snape jersey is is like the opportunities that it opens up as mm. well. <laughs> it's like putting on a costume in Hitman. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I can I can go to, I can go to the employees only area now. Right. <laughs> I can go to the Harry Potter trivia night now, and no uh-huh. one will suspect a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so tickled that that came on the prince's the uh the the fucking prince's tale chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely incredible. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I'm glad that you're gazing upon it. Um, I'm sorry that it's too hot to wear, but you do but you do have a uniform now. Yeah. Um, which is very powerful. That is not our only news though. Some real news happened this week. Mm-hmm. And it is very funny stuff. <sighs> Whom could have foreseen? Mm. Warner Brothers has suspended filming of Fantastic Beasts 3 after crew member tests positive for COVID-19. Oops. Uh, There's just no way to know this was going to happen. Whoopsie. Oopsie daisy. We never... We never could have foreseen this. Maybe we don't need movies. (laughs) Certainly not now, you know? Like, we could, I mean, it's like a bummer, and I respect art, and I think art is important, but it's fucking Harry Potter, and I think we could take, like, a couple years off from Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, I think we could stand to take a break. No one liked the last one. No. So, this is not, you know, the, like, not that this would be, like, more, more worth putting people at risk for, but this isn't, like, oh my god. Uh, uh, we only got Empire and A New Hope, and we're never going to see Return of the Jedi, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is this is the sequel to Crimes of Grindelwald. So, not exactly a pressing, uh, you know, not not event film. Uh, uh, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. They like made that Golden Compass movie with Daniel Craig, and then they didn't make the other two. <laughs> right, and I think yeah. we're all we're all fine. We're all fine. In fact, they they've moved on. They just made another one this year. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. We started over on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh. uh who who could have foreseen? Uh, Warner Brothers just paused its shoot for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them three after an unspecified crew member tested positive for COVID nineteen. A team member from Fantastic Beasts 3 has tested positive for COVID-19, a Warner Brothers sp- spokesperson told Variety. 
The diagnosis was confirmed as a result of required and ongoing testing that all production employees receive, and the team member is currently in isolation. Out of an abundance of caution, uh, uh, we pause production and will be back up in accordance with safety guidelines. Um, this article is a different one than the first one that I read. Okay. Which, to be fair, I, I, I'm being completely fair here, was from the, the, the actual publication that scooped this was the Daily Mail. Okay. So we know the Daily Mail sucks. Yeah. Um, and, and, and loves to cause drama. Um, however, in that article, it does say uh, something that is omitted from this one, which was from Variety, um, that the source that told them that the shoot was pausing because uh, uh, this this is a, this article is based on the official release. Let me find the Daily Mail one uh, because it was a little more, like I said, it's the Daily Mail, but it was a little more salacious. Mm -hmm. Exclusive Fantastic Beast three filming shut down after irreplaceable cast member contracted coronavirus. Uh, and and the the bullet pointed list here is that the source says that the film bosses are not revealing who among the cast and crew is contracted with the virus. They suggested that while crew can be replaced for production to be suspended, it must be a principal member of the cast that was involved. Hmm. Um, which again, this is the daily mail. So you kind of have to take this with a pinch of salt. Um, but that does, I think that does make sense. We know that, uh, I, I mean, there was that MuggleNet article, which is untrustworthy from the other end, right? Where <laughs> they posted that glowing article about like, wow, mm. isn't it cool that Warner Brothers is uh, allowing this like 80-year-old set designer to work from home? Wow. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm pretty, I am not, I'm not putting, uh, yeah, let's just swap someone else in. Uh, uh, past Warner Brothers, if uh, you know, if a crew member gets gets the virus, right? Yeah. Um, which leaves us with the very fun speculation: Who do you think got it? Didn't didn't um Eddie Redmayne already have it? Not that that means anything, but didn't he get it early on? Or did I make uh, that up? J.K. Rowling had it. Did Eddie Redmayne coronavirus? No, I don't think so. It must have been a dream that I had. Yeah. Um, there is, although, uh, you know, it's funny that you should mention uh, 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 one Mr. Redmayne here, though. Mm-hmm. Because remember when he told us it's fizzing? Yeah. Apparently, one of the symptoms of this, because this is like the second strain of coronavirus. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. And one of, the, one of the symptoms is is fizzy tongue. On, uh, so what does that mean? Was he trying to tell us? He knew. He knew. He knew. <laughs> he's passing messages to us. He's passing messages to us. Thank you, Eddie. He's, he's listening to the show, he's and he's the, like, "Yeah, he's the canary in the coal mine." He heard us. It's fizzing. He, he heard us calling him a huge pussy for, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, going back to working with J.K. Rowling after uh, denouncing her. Yeah, um, and he's like, "Well, I can do." Or he's like, he's like, okay, here's, here's how, here's how deep this rabbit hole goes. He is like Mads's character in Rogue One, who is like 
being press ganged into building the Death Star. Right. right? Uh huh. And he, but he's sneaking, he snuck the plans out and he built in the failsafe. Yeah. And so, so maybe Eddie Redmayne was talking to Mads and Mads was like, did you see that? Like, okay, Star Wars movie I was in. And, Mm -hmm. and Eddie Redmayne was like, nope, can't say I did. And then Mads was like, well, here's what happened in that. And Eddie Redmayne was like, hmm, this podcast has been calling me a huge pussy lately. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I can win their favor with this i can atone well it's not working eddie no no <laughs> we don't need this movie we don't need this movie yeah i, I yeah I, do, I don't know i don't know who got it we have no no reason to suspect who got it or if this is even true but but i will say just from like a fully zoomed out perspective the fantastic beast movie uh shutting down for now the third time uh, but because of coronavirus, um, very funny, very, very, very funny. I think they could just stop. At what point? Because like shutting down a movie production is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't just like stop, right? Like you got to pay people to like either maintain the sets that they built or break down the sets that they built. I mean, they might have to like sets don't last forever, right? Like they're built out of like foam and plastic and you know and wood like that that shit's not gonna last forever and it's taking up space did you see and those then, aerial shots of uh of those sets that people are saying was fantastic beasts yeah yeah there's like a there are a couple of shots of like a cliff face and some forest mm-hmm. i could i could definitely see that because we know <laughs> there was that very funny comment it was like i bet this is rio or china and it's like yeah the, 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 <laughs> the two, two places we know that they're going know. in this uh-huh. movie <laughs> good great deduction um but yeah, I did. I did see those. Um, I mean, th- that is honestly, there is one, one thing about that uh, uh, that I, that I will say I do kind of admire is that I do like sets. You know, like yeah, it's cool. cool. Kind of cool to see some sets uh, mm-hmm. and, and and seeing a movie shot on a set. And uh, it's a shame that it's Fantastic Beasts. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so so it's it is shut down now for the third. Well, it was delayed twice. It was shut down, and this comes right after there were like three articles last week, actually kind of kind of spread out over the last couple of weeks, that were Eddie Redmayne and Dan Fogler uh, and Mads Mikkelsen all talking about like, oh, it's so crazy and uh, so crazy, but very safe filming with COVID protocols. Uh huh. And- and and here we go. Uh, I, I mean, at, at what point are you working on this movie and you just realize you just take it as a sign? Like, no more. Like, like this thing is cursed. I don't need to do this anymore. They're probably like two times ago. <laughs> yeah, probably the first time. Right. Like, like, ah, do we really need to make this? Probably not. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone's really no one out there is like, damn, I've got to see grindelwald fight dumbledore you know i checked in on the like fantastic beasts subreddit mm-hmm. uh and and for, for everyone listening don't go there it is a <laughs> it is a cesspool uh zone yeah um, but i've definitely seen some posts and they pop up every now and again uh and they're they're you know fantastic beast super fans which is already like raising some already questions super weird super yeah. duper weird um but they're always like like a little worried like they're like do you think people are right what they're saying that this movie is doomed is this movie really cursed and and you know 
know, getting very upset about the idea that it could be canceled between all of these delays, J.K. Rowling's shit, and then like the jo- and they're very worried about the Johnny Depp stands mm-hmm. like tanking this film. Mm. That's. I mean, this is the world they deserve, you know. I know, like- <laughs> I know, but it, but it's so true. Like I, I, I can't believe how unrelenting the Johnny Depp stands are on the, yeah. on all of the posts. Oh, it's yeah, intense. I, mean, like, I was I was um, having a really good time this weekend, like because ret- like the Fantastic Beasts account has been posting those like uh, memorable quotes posts again, mm-hmm. and I was retweeting them because they're all fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah. But- but the comments, you you open the comments on those things, and it is all people saying, "Fuck you, uh, I I will never watch this movie because you have betrayed Johnny Depp." Right. Uh, and and I, you know, I don't actually think that that is a um significant market share, right? Like those aren't no. those, those aren't going to like dent the um the actual numbers that an eventual movie would make, probably, but like. It's certainly like kind of like we were talking about last week. It's like it's just like another thing on the pile of like things around this movie that are causing drama and like causing the opposite headlines than the ones you want to appear. Mm-hmm. Like you just want people to talk about your cool wizard movie. You don't want Johnny Depp think pieces. You don't want J.K. Rowling uh, uh, out there like you, you just don't. You don't want this stuff, and now, and now you have uh, one of the actors maybe got coronavirus. <laughs> like it's just unrelenting. It's they not cannot, good. Cannot catch a break. I think it's like it, it is very funny that the, the like the the one big cinema thing I have seen people talking about so far this year is King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Which is like like that's such a funny, just like obvious, like who would win uh cool between these two cool monsters, yeah, and you know you know that j k. Rowling thinks that Dumbledore versus Grindelwald is like the <laughs> wizarding world, like who like would you win? know the like the final movie the, if they ever got to the fifth movie, you know that the entire marketing spin would be like Grindelwald versus dumbledore who who's who are you whose side are you on? Which, like, one, is very funny because we know who wins, but two, uh, no one cares. Uh, two, Here, the... Here's a question. You know how, like, Ariana was killed by, like, a stray spell, and, and the point of that is that it's, like, ambiguous who it was, whether yeah. it was, like, Aberforth, Grindelwald, or, or Dumbledore? Yeah. Do you think that the movie is going to answer that for the viewer, but not yes. for the characters? Yes. I 100% think that that is, like, one of the Easter eggs that that movie is, like exists to support right that's so bad yeah yep yeah god can you can't wait to see ariana on the big screen is there gonna be a slow-mo laser is that how we're gonna know uh like are we gonna is the camera gonna follow like a slow-mo like (laughs) death death laser like into ariana i don't know if it would be like that because the thing is that they'll do the opposite right like that is the funny tasteless way they could do it yeah but the way that they're going to do it is that they'll they'll go the opposite direction and try and make it as like harrowing and like uh uh, prestige as possible yeah and so i'm thinking like all of a sudden the fight is shot with like handheld cameras oh yeah and it's almost like wizard live leak footage or something they should get the music from um, Execute Order 66 <laughs> and just put that in there. 
Oh God. Yeah. It's just the, and, and that's also, this is like, that's like the first duel because like, we're going to, we're going to see that duel in a flashback. Right. Absolutely. Like, like these movies exist so we can see more Dumbledore. God, backstory. I forgot that that had already happened. Yeah. That point. has happened. God by this damn point. it. We're okay. definitely going to see it, but it's going to be a flashback. Oh, right. Cause they were boyfriends, but we don't get to see it. Cause it happened in the past. That's right. That's right. 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 We're, but we're going to see like a pensive scene, but it's going to be like, Oh, in this, in this movie franchise, the pensive is like a, um, a vertical phone video. Yeah. Of, of Ariana dying. And you can like sort of see that it was the spell that, Dumbledore shot or something. Do you think that's what like here okay, here's the question. Who do you think killed Ariana? Like in like canon? Like what uh, what's gonna what's gonna be the way that that cuts? Okay, this is really difficult because it's one of those things that literally does not matter to the story. And so I right, like, and, have and never like, thought about it. If it means anything specifically to the story, it is literally only in its ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. But if I if I had to like predict what I think the answer will be knowing jk rowling mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be um a cop out and i think she's gonna do something like this i think that grindelwald is going to shoot avada kedavra or something at dumbledore okay um and or at aberforth okay this could go this could go i'm setting up a weird i'm setting up like a weird uh, diagram here, but I think I think you will understand where I'm coming from when I get to the end. Sure. Grindelwald is going to fire a spell at someone. Yeah. Uh, Dumbledore or Aberforth is going to like block the spell, and they're going to block it into Ariana. Oh. And so it's going to be this like this like stupid character drama mess of <laughs> so grindelwald pulled the trigger yeah but either dumbledore or area uh, dumbledore or Aberforth, dumbledore decked <laughs> that would be way fun okay that's what i wanted to happen is dumbledore just ducked um and it's explicitly his fault yeah um but it's going to be like in an attempt to save the other person one of the siblings knocked the spell out of the way and accidentally knocked it into ariana and so it's going to be some kind of like literally all of them are uh, uh reasonably at fault and all believe each other to be at fault kind of thing. Oh yeah. So because and the thing is that's perfect because it is it is a thematically a total cop out, right? Yeah. But for um for for just like fueling the kind of character drama that JK Rowling likes it's perfect because it just means that like all of them hate each other um and and this will this will just be the like uh the the animosity that fuels uh aberforth and dumbledore's like uh uh like book separation right um hmm. that that's that's my prediction is it'll be some really complicated like Grindelwald pulled the trigger, but they're all gonna blame each other for various dumb reasons, kind of thing. Or Grindelwald pulled the trigger, excuse me. Honestly, that sounds like like way too advanced. <sighs> See, I think I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Grindelwald. Grindelwald like like secretly snipes Ariana, and then is like. Who knows what happened? <laughs> and, 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 and like, yeah. and like, and he's gonna like trick Dumbledore with yeah. his like fancy words. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be like Among Us. They're gonna have like a. <laughs> <laughs> they're 
we're yes. just gonna have like an Among Us me- emergency meeting. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I thought it was Dumbledore. <laughs> that's how. That's how it's gonna go. And then, like, in, in J.K. Rowling's mind, the tragedy is gonna be that Dumbledore lived with this guilt of not knowing his whole life, <laughs> and he and he and he didn't ever do anything wrong. Grindelwald is just gonna gonna <laughs> murk her on purpose, just yeah. like. Just like full on, just like blast her in the face with a gun spell. Yeah. And then just like runs to Dumbledore and is like, I don't know, Aberforth looks kind of sus. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. <laughs> and it's and then like the whole thing is, and everyone's gonna post and then to be like, that's why Grindelwald's so much scarier than Voldemort, is he uses his charm and his oh, words. His silver tongue mm-hmm. that we've heard so much about and never actually seen because Johnny Depp can't act. Right, yeah. And JK Rowling can't write. Yeah. It's a perfect combination for a uh-huh, silver-tongued character. Don't worry, Steve Cloves is going to pull this one out for us. Oh, yeah. See, well, see, so that so that that is my defense is that I think Steve Cloves is enough of a screenwriter to do the hacky one that <laughs> okay. I suggested. You okay, know? yeah. Cuz that's cla- cuz the one I'm suggesting is like cla- that's that's classic like uh uh you know, forum argument fuel like who who is the real killer? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, prestige TV stuff, right? Yeah. But you, but mm, but if J.K. Rowling has her way, <laughs> I think your version is exact. Yeah. So it, it's either going to be Among Us or it's going to be Vampire Diaries, but it's not yeah. going to be both. Wonderful. Oh my god! That. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to be. You're right. You're totally fucking right. They're just going to have an emergency meeting. And- <laughs> And Grindelwald is going to be like, I believe you'll find, in fact, <laughs> that it was your spell that killed your dear sister. <laughs> and and that is and that is how the entire thing will 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 spin out. That's wonderful. Oh. <sighs> Or or he's gonna he's he's gonna shoot Ariana and then just immediately turn to Aberforth and be like, did you see what your brother just did? Did you? T- <laughs> We're all trying to find who did this. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, that's yep. That's how, that all sounds really good. So whatever we get, it's gonna, it's gonna be good. <laughs> what if they are all polyjuiced as each other, but none of them know that the other one is polyjuiced? Oh, geez. because they're all like undercover or something. And so in the beginning of the movie, we see Aberforth just fucking blast Ariana. Yeah. Um, But then we later find out that that was actually Grindelwald polyjuiced and Grindelwald was uh, and, and Dumbledore was polyjuiced as Grindelwald and Aberforth was polyjuiced as Dumbledore, all for various confusing reasons mm-hmm. that led to this tragic fight. I feel like that like could be cool, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, anything that could be uh, uh, exciting or interesting won't happen. Um, that's true. Well, I would, you know, honestly, what I would love to ask you is, uh, are you rooting for Godzilla or King Kong? Oh, Godzilla! Godzilla is a big lizard. Godzilla is a big lizard who shoots I lasers. I love a big lizard. Yeah, I mean, like a big, you know, like a big gorilla is cool too. But like, unfortunately, rather than debating. Uh, great apes and uh, and giant lizards. Let's talk about the great beyond and God. Yeah, let's not talk. Zilla. Let's time time to go to Sunday school. God, God minus the Zilla. Thursday afternoon school. Teens today are so concerned about King Kong versus Godzilla 
they forget to think, think about our king, God, the the king that of yep. the world. Uh, yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, this week we read chapter thirty-four. It's the forest again. The forest again. The forest again. This is going to be a real short summary because nothing happens in this chapter. Yep. Uh, but a lot happens in it. Um, we've just seen the Pensifemories, uh, Snape's Snape's cringe compilation, and Harry has this like sort of one takeaway from it, which is, oh shit, I gotta die. Um, it's all come down to this. This is this is the answer to to everything. Um, and and he spends most of this chapter being very internal. So I'll try to hit on sort of the big points here, um, but it's sort of like a stream of consciousness, consciousness like thought to thought. He's he's freaking out because he's going to go die. And it's like never really a question. He's like, oh, this is what I have to do. This is my destiny. This is what the um, the prophecy meant all along. He does have a moment where he's like, oh, I, I don't even care that Dumbledore betrayed me. I don't even care that he set me up to die this whole time. Um, Actually, I'm laughing. Actually, I'm laughing. Um, I'm not mad. Um, and he sort of like deduces Dumbledore's whole plan and sums it up. And he's like, actually, it was perfect. Of course, this is why Dumbledore didn't want me to talk to anyone. He, it's like, I think the essence of what he's saying is it's like, this is, this is a closed loop, right? I'm a Horcrux. He makes me kill all the Horcruxes and then destroy myself. And then the problem is taken care of. No one else has to die on this mission. Also, he set up like a failsafe, which is that Hermione and Ron, if if like Harry failed in his mission, would have enough information to like track down and destroy any of the remaining Horcruxes. Um, and Harry's like, well, I did fail. The snake is still alive, uh, but they'll figure it out. Um, he gets under the invisibility cloak. Again, it's very internal. He's like thinking about like, oh, damn, I don't want to die. Uh, but he does make the walk to his death. He's like, this is a, this is a new kind of bravery for me to, to willingly sacrifice myself. Um, and we get this like sequence. It's like a little bit dreamlike, right? He's like walking. All the portraits aren't in their frames. There's this aftermath of this battle. Um, he's passing the great hall. It's full of bodies, but it's like time to put an end to this conflict. Um, he doesn't specifically see Ron, Hermione, and, and, and stuff, but he knows, like, they're there, but it's just sort of like he's taking in the enormity of this battle that's happened. Um, Neville is walking into the Great Hall, and he's carrying the body of Colin Creevy, who died off screen, um, puts Colin Creevy down, uh, and walks back outside, because he's the body carrier, I guess. Um, Harry talks to him he doesn't talk to anyone else but he stops and he, he's still under the cloak and he kind of startles neville and is like hey neville i need to i need to tell you something and this is like harry's fail safe he's like if if hermione and ron can't kill the snake he's like neville the snake's gotta die no i'm not doing anything weird no it, it's all it's all good <laughs> i just need to tell you that the snake needs to die um he, as he's like leaving, he's walking toward the forest. That's where Voldemort is. Uh, he sees Ginny, who is like comforting a, a gravely wounded girl who we don't know. Uh, and Harry's like, I wish, I wish I could go back. I, I want like some one of my friends, somebody to say no, come home. But I am home. Hogwarts, Hogwarts is my home, just like Voldemort, just like Snape. Uh, he reaches the edge of the forest and has a brain blast. Um, and his brain blast is, I open at the close. 
obviously. Obviously that meant that the snitch is going to open when Harry has accepted his death. So he brings up the snitch to his mouth and says, I'm about to die. And the snitch opens. There's the resurrection stone. Um, he, he's like sort of in like a dreamlike state. He flips the stone around and he brings, and he, he's like, this is not, this isn't a bad use of the resurrection stone because I'm not bringing these people back to life. I am bringing them to escort me to my death, basically. Um, and so he brings back his mom, his dad, Lupin and Sirius. Uh, and they're like kind of half ghosts. They're not quite flesh. They're not quite ghosts. Um, don't worry, Sirius and Lupin are young and hot. Um, Lily... <laughs> Uh, is looking at him, you know, it's the first time she's seen uh, her, I was going to say adult son, I guess he's like 17, and and she says, you're so brave. Um, Lupin says it's, uh, Harry's like, Lupin, I'm sorry you died, that sucks, you just had a kid. Lupin says, no, nah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> I'm but, good. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, it's better better to die to leave my kid a better world. Um, uh, James... I think says something like, I'll stay with you to the very end. Um, Harry asks if it hurts to die. Sirius is like, nah, it's fine. Um, it's just like falling asleep. Um, and Harry approaches the Death Eater camp. And at this point, uh, there are a couple Death Eaters standing guard. And it's like Yaxley and Rowell or Yaxley and Dolohoff. And they hear him rustling about. Um, he enters the Death Eater camp and his ghostly escort disappears. It's just him and Voldemort. Um, the Death Eater camp is being, is like where they met Aragog. Um, Voldemort's like sitting, waiting. Bellatrix is there kind of doing nothing. Lucius and Narcissa are there as well. There's some giants there. Um, Harry, there, Voldemort's, I, I don't remember who says it. Maybe it's Bellatrix or someone is like, he's not coming. And then Voldemort's like, maybe I was wrong. And then Harry pulls off his cloak and he's like, no, you weren't wrong. Harry Hagrid's there. Um, and we, <laughs> we see him for the first time here and he's all tied up and he's like, no, Harry, what are you doing? And then Voldemort is like, Harry Potter, the boy who lived. And then he shoots him with the gun spell. And that's the end of the chapter. Oh, the drama. I know. The drama. What's going to happen? What could happen? What could possibly happen next? Okay, so in the HBO series of mm. Harry Potter that's coming, yeah, uh, this this moment where he's walking through the empty castle, mm -hmm. he's walking through the empty forest. Yeah, what song are you putting there? I'm still. I just put the '66 song back in there. <laughs> getting a lot of use for that. But you're asking me like what uh, sort of contemporary song they're putting in, aren't Probably you? Probably something. Yeah, something from Taylor Swift's new album, maybe. <sighs> Oh, I wish. What would be a good Taylor Swift song to put in here? Mm, it's got to be something kind of folksy and sad on her new one, right? Yeah, the problem is I don't remember any of the songs. I was about to say, like, The Last Great American Dynasty, but, like, mm. that would be the least fitting one to put yeah, here. Yeah, but then maybe that's, like, why it's good. Oh, it's kind of ironic. You know, like a contrast, right? Yeah, yeah, WB, The Last Great American Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this chapter is incredible. It is, I mean, it's really short for one thing. It uh, is very short. Which is, a, which is a new one for us. Uh, kind of a, most of the last half of this book has had pretty long ass chapters. Um, mm -hmm. But it is, uh, 
what it lo- what it lacks in length, it makes up for in um uh syrup, I guess is what I will say. This is Oh my god, it does. This is a this is a heavy chapter. Um you know, on our bonus episode this week, we were talking a little bit about how like drinking too much Midori kind of hits you in the stomach with that like sweetness. Oh yeah, not in like an alcohol way, but in like a sugar. Mm, sugar. That that's this chapter. This chapter really hits you with a little bit like just just too much sugar. You know, you think that like Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe lays it on thick, but that book is like written for like six year olds. Mm-hmm. This is like like geez, I get it. Yeah, we get like multiple pages of just um various like different visual metaphors for dying mm-hmm. they get like increasingly funny uh, <laughs> as it goes on yeah um, i mean there there's there's a moment on the second page where i was laughing that is and and, and this is not the end um i'm just gonna like let's see i i hate to do such a long quote here but it's really worth it for this build-up oh sure Finally, the truth. Lying with his face pressed into the dusty carpet of the office where he once thought he was learning the secrets of victory, Harry understood that at last he was not supposed to survive. His job was to walk calmly into death's welcoming arms. Along the way, he was to dispose of Voldemort's remaining links to life. So that when he at last flung himself across Voldemort's path and did not raise a wand to defend himself, the end would be clean and the job that ought to have been done in Godric's Hollow would be finished. Neither would live, neither could survive. He felt his heart pounding fiercely in his chest. How strange that that in his dread of death, it pumped all the harder, valiantly keeping him alive. But it would have to stop, and soon, (laughs) its beats were numbered. How many times would there be time for? As he rose and walked through the castle for the last time, onto the grounds and into the forest, terror washed over him as he lay on the floor, with that funeral drum pounding inside him. Would it hurt to die? All those times he had thought that it was about to happen and escaped, he had never really thought of the thing itself. His will to live had always been so much stronger than his fear of death. Yet it did not occur to him now to escape or outrun Voldemort. It was over. He knew it. And it was all that was left was the thing itself dying. It's the whole fucking chapter. This is the entire, yeah. Literally, this is, top to bottom, it's just written like this. If, if that was the end of that sequence, that would be one thing. It would be laying it on a bit thick, but it would, you know, it would be something. But it continues. It just keeps fucking going uh, uh, with all these different ideas of, like, what death feels like. And, that, like, he knows he has to die. It's very funny. I feel, like, a little bit bad because, like, uh, t- to, like put it in like the simplest way possible we've definitely been like sort of mystery science theatering this series this whole time uh-huh. right and so i get to this point where i'm like uh, it's a little i want to be more fair to it because there's no way to do that week to week and read sure. these books over the course of the span of time and then have this have the emotional impact that it's supposed supposed to have like i don't feel like i can judge that very mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. Um, but, but boy, does it go on for a long time. And it's just like the most self-indulgent thing I've ever read. Yeah. Wowie. I mean, it's, I, 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 I feel comfortable being mean about this 
like even though like i mean like you know jk rowling has, has gotten out there and said you know this is this was the most emotional chapter for her to write i mean this is like the crux of not only like the themes of the story but like i think one of the most personal ones for her or like it's at least like her personal link to the themes of the story right yeah and like i i accept that i think sure. that, that is completely fair um the problem for me is that like she has written herself similarly um uh i would say weighty moments with like 10 times the gravitas of this like yeah. the, mir the mirror of Eriset chapter right, i is the love one that chapter we still. always go back to it yeah i i it's 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 beautiful right like it's a really great little uh a, a short story almost with these characters in this world about this same topic um and so I I I, I I'm oh, I'm happy to make fun of this uh, because I know she's done better. Yeah. And and it, it, it this this I think it really just compounds the comedy that this book has been this entire time, which is that like I mean this is clearly J.K. Rowling working with with zero editorial oversight, right? Mm -hmm. um, and to just pour every uh, treacly. Uh, um, uh, uh, like you know flowery description of death and dying she can think of into one one chapter rather than like saving them for other books or paragraphs or i don't know um it's just it's way too much like i said it's a lot it's sugary it's very it's you, you read this chapter and you go like oh i need to take a nap it's really hard for me not to skip not the whole chapter but this because I, I think that the like there's a lot of self-indulgent chapters in like fantasy books that are like this. And my typical mode is to do a little bit of skimming. <laughs> uh, and I kind of had to make myself not do a little bit of skimming here. I mean, the other thing too, for me is that like, I don't think self-indulgence is like inherently bad. No, like I, I love, a, I love some good self-indulgent writing, but this, this is just the, the way that this is being, self-indulgent in the way that it's like engaging with the themes it's trying to express in a chapter that as we'll get to is very actually like mechanically all over the place and not very good at the stated themes she's trying to <laughs> express at all right um it's just but without without that like solid link to the themes it's just you're just you're only getting the sugar yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like not that this uh, the way we're reading this means that we can't criticize it, but just <laughs> saying like even at the base like lizard brain level, <laughs> like I, I could see a world where I could read this again and buy into the emotional part of it, even if it isn't very good. Whereas this time I just couldn't, right? And I'm like, sh I'm sure that I could read this and like feel emotional and it's just not there for me yeah probably through no fault of its own although <laughs> it does have faults yeah that are less like lizard brain <laughs> i guess yeah 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 i mean part of one of the faults too is, is for me is that this this uh this serene epiphany that harry has about the nature of the mystery is is so opposite to what feels reasonable after reading that last chapter after the last chapter i thought that he was laying on his back on the ground and then in this chapter he's lying with his face pressed into the carpet and i don't understand how he got like that he just rolled over and was like uh, i'm dying i'm gonna die i want to go to school that's so sad <laughs> but he he after seeing snape's memory goo yeah it's kind of like 
difficult to uh, uh, g- get into his headspace here because because the things that he has just witnessed, as we kind of detailed last week, paint Dumbledore in such an awful light um, and this plan in such an awful light, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's there's not even a sense of like, well, this was a horrible plan, but like but all the pieces are in place and I've got to finish it now kind of thing. It's like he calls it like brilliant and elegant and like it's just like like there's a there is a <laughs> there is a, a willingness to just be this puppet for Dumbledore here. That is yeah, the right thing to do that. It's yeah, but it's it's so creepy. It is um, creepy. It's very creepy, and it's it, it's uh, it is a thing that makes total sense if Dumbledore was a god or was God, right? Mm-hmm. If Dumbledore was some inscrutable being who had planned all this out, it would make total sense. Uh, uh, but but he's not. He is a dude, and we just saw him being a dude, and we know all the mistakes that he made as a dude. And so, like seeing Har- Harry get here, witness Dumbledore. Uh, owning up to like a litany of mistakes and showing him this evil plan and going like, well, this one's going to work is really funny. I mean, even the mechanics of what he's deducing Dumbledore's ultimate plan here are don't really like make a whole lot of sense. Like, like I say, I said in the summary, like, I think that what we're supposed to take here is that this is like Dumbledore's trying to close the loop, right? By having Harry like be the instrument of his own destruction. It's like it puts a bow on it in a way. And I'm just... Like, I think that sounds nice, but it doesn't really make sense in the context of, you know, we just had a big battle where a bunch of people died. Right. Because of Harry's mission. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's not neat or elegant. Like, a lot of people are going to have to die for the cause regardless. So, like, like, Harry being this, like, uh, uh, character who is being set up to die for everyone is kind of weird because it's like well but he's kind of not really um but also he like this this chapter is trapped between being a religious allegory and being a story about wizards and it's (laughs) it's never able to be a satisfying one for either because anytime it alludes to the like quote-unquote real world stuff that is important in this it is it is completely at odds with like the religious allegory. And when it nods to the religious stuff, that stuff is completely at odds with the wizarding world. I think my favorite one here is in this in this sugary like monologue here. Um, Harry mentions that he wishes he could have died like his parents were like jumping in front of a bullet for someone. And it's like, yeah, but you are. If that you, is like, what you're doing. That is yeah. literally what you like if we're if we're trying to look at this as a religious metaphor, that is he is he is jumping <laughs> Jesus jumped in front of the biggest bullet for everyone. <laughs> uh and and that is uh the bullet had sin carved into it. Right. Yeah. Um and 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 for Harry to just be like, damn, I wish I could die f- for someone. It's like, well, you are. Like for literally everyone in this case um and and it's uh it if you know if this is supposed to be a religious thing i feel like you should recognize that and that that line only works if we are supposed to only see this as like a real world thing where he's like damn i don't know what's gonna happen after i die i wish i could know that i'm jumping in front of a bullet for Ginny or something yeah like, but, but even then like he knows 
knows he's doing it because if he doesn't, then Voldemort will shoot everyone else with bullets. Oh God, yeah, right. Because like, again, he says like, uh, this is the, the elegance of the plan. It's all coming together. Dumbledore was a genius. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. It's You're it, throwing yourself in front of the trolley. <laughs> you could just pull the lever. No. <laughs> no, I will jump in front of it. Um, and And I think... I mean, like this, this, this starts tenuous and just gets more and more wobbly as it goes on, right? But this thing, the thing about him realizing that, like, Ron and Hermione are like the contingency plan, is super funny. Makes no sense. Zero sense because as Hermione and Ron have told Harry very angrily, sometimes they didn't like hang out with Dumbledore. Like, yeah, they know things that Harry has said that Dumbledore said. I don't think that if that's a contingency plan, it's not one that's going to work because as Harry is having this like epiphany about what, what his death is supposed to mean and, and what Dumbledore's plan was, he's kind of walking through the castle and he's wishing like, well, I, I, I wish I could tell someone, I wish I could die for someone. And then, and then Neville's here. Neville, you are a different person now. Uh, can you kill a snake for me? <laughs> yeah. What's up? <laughs> Wait, man, what's Nothing? up? <laughs> Nothing, man. It's fine. This is such a great moment because, like, this is <laughs> this is this is such a weird break in like the tone that we have because because it's been again it's pure treacle. We've been we've been spooning. We've just been eating sugar out of the bowl at this point. Also, just like again, like another unforced error. Like it's so bizarre. And if we are already bought into the idea that Hermione and Ron are the contingency plan, why say like, oh, but what if that doesn't work? Yeah, what? Yeah, to, for it's like, Harry, oh, we'll get fucking Neville, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Harry being like, wow, they were the contingency plan, and then going, I better get someone else to do this is very funny. Dumbledore, like, the perfect plan. He closed the loop. How elegant. Uh, I should probably also tell Neville on my way yeah, out, you never, just in case. You never know with Ron, honestly. Like he's not. <laughs> that reliable <laughs> who knows what they're up to they might be in the bathroom again um yeah so so harry like walks out and and who should be there but neville the other the other boy who lived mm-hmm. um and he is uh he is helping move some bodies of boys who did not live <laughs> Colin Creevy. No. He was tiny in death. He's just a little boy. What the fuck? Just a little man. He snuck back in to fight the war. He lied. He lied about his age so that he could 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 go to war. That's That's crazy. That's so he loved Hogwarts so much uh, that he lied. And then he got he then he died. It's crazy. Um Neville. Neville, is, I mean, like, I look, I love Neville, but I love who Neville was, you know, and not this weird Neville who has appeared in the Minecraft tunnel. This is he's, a, cool, he's cool now. Neville's just cool now. He's just um, a cool, normal guy. Just a cool, normal, normal guy. And Harry just pulls off an invisibility cloak and is like, hey, man, it's all part of the plan. But there's something <laughs> something I need you to do for me. <laughs> this is like, just Harry is not seeming okay here no um sure bro what's up hey hey man what's up uh have you ever seen voldemort's snake 
oh yeah the big snake nagini uh-huh and it, I love that. So I love that he's like, you heard, have you heard of Voldemort's big snake, Nagini? He's got a huge snake, calls it Nagini. And Neville's response is, I've heard. Yeah. What about it? Like, I want to know how he heard that. I mean, how did that come up? Like, what, are, <laughs> what, are, what are the, like, the Nagini legends in, <laughs> in uh, like, I don't know, like, the, I guess the Order of the Phoenix uh, or Dumbledore's army? Who, who has seen Nagini or knows what she does? Uh, uh, who would be like, you better watch out for his huge snake, Nagini. That's, it seems like if you're encountering his big snake, it's like the, the last thing you should be worried about. Yeah, it's a little bit like... Things the, have gone wrong. Yeah, like no no one who sees the Black Pearl survives, well then who who tells the legends then? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, like how did... Yeah, because Nagini is just kind of a big... He's a big pal. Well, but like also like, yeah, you're hearing like stories about Voldemort, but it's like, oh, also he's got a big, big pet snake. It's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's sort of... That honestly... Because, like, I, I realize that, that this is a, a very J.K. Rowling thing because, like, snakes are evil, right? Yeah. But, like, this was the 90s. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, if you said, like, oh, have you heard of this guy? He has a pet snake. That's honestly not that surprising. You know, like, no. if, you're, if you're, if you're like, a, a, a wizard or, a, you know, just like a normal guy in, like, 90s England and you're like, yeah, I met this guy at a rave and he has a pet snake. Isn't that cool? Like, that's not, that's not the stuff of legends. Like, oh, man, that guy's got a <laughs> snake. I guess Voldemort talks to his snake. Yeah, Voldemort, he talks to his snake. I mean, he gets, I guess he, like, gets its, like, snake milk, too. He, like, feeds maybe, people to it. Maybe. Maybe there's like an in-universe misconception, like the people who thought that Nagini had like human boobs. Oh yeah. That maybe maybe people in the DA are like, "Yo, did you hear that Voldemort breastfeeds with a snake? It's crazy." Well, she did have human boobs at one point. Well, <laughs> once upon a time, she did. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. anymore, because she's a snake. When, <laughs> when she was a human woman, she did have boobs. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No. Oh no! I don't want. To. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Um. Uh, but he's so Harry's just like, hey man, you know the snake like from the Bible. You've got to, you've got, you can't trust the snake. You got to kill the snake. Mm-hmm. And Neville's like, damn, that sounds very, very allegorical. Are you okay? And Harry's, you like, sure you're okay? You sure you're okay? You're being very allegorical right now, my dude. <laughs> uh, and Harry's like, yes, and I've got to go. Um, and then he sees he sees Ginny along the way as well. This comforting is comforting, another... nameless girl. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> just just some girl. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. I'm starting to question the wisdom of having this big, big, violent battle at the school. Where are the Aurors? <laughs> yeah, where are the cops? <laughs> like, you know, Lord, no. Where's the we we kind of asked this before? Like, does the Wizarding World have a standing army? And I guess the answer we've gotten here is no. Um, but also they don't appear to have like conscripts either. Like, right. Like, do they did like is is the minister I guess I guess Voldemort controls the ministry, but is there no is there literally no one with any Yeah, but then you'd think that Voldemort would show up with the military, right? That's true. You'd have the wiz you'd have the evil wizard military. But he's just got he's just got fucking Yaxley still. <laughs> yeah, Yaxley and Dolohov are still out here doing crimes but yeah there's no there's no split in the army there's not there's not been like a military coup and there's also not like i don't know like 
Like, could Fudge not go around and be like, everyone, Voldemort's coming. Uh, we got to get to is Hogwarts. Is Fudge alive? Where is that guy? <laughs> he's chilling. He's on a beach somewhere. Just sipping a Mai Tai. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have to worry about this shit anymore. Um, the Ginny thing is very funny. Uh, because she is comforting, like, nameless girl. Yeah. In this, in this moment. Um, and it's. And Who is it's, saying, I want to go home. I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> Which is like war movie again, except it's like a fucking 17 year old. Yeah. Uh, well, and also there's the other bit, too, where um, Ginny is comforting this girl because and, and like this isn't dialogue, but it's it's, it's like a described thing. Um, she's whispering for her mother mm-hmm. and and he sees Ginny being very motherly. Um, and he's like, hmm. Like, he's like, I wish I could wife her. I, I got to go die. <laughs> I wish I could wife this lady up. But I can't. But also, like, I I have this is something I never really thought about until we found that like one Reddit fan art post of um James and of of James and Lily and Harry and Ginny. And it's like, wow, they both look the same and they love redheads. Um and this this scene where Ginny gets to say more words to a nameless character <laughs> than Harry's actual mother is going to say to him. Yes. Uh, in in a, in a in an upcoming moment is very funny to me. <laughs> None of these characters can can I guess I don't know. I guess we got I guess we got like the amount of girl words in this chapter. Uh, uh, yeah, we reached the quota. The, the quota was hit. The allotment was reached. We couldn't possibly have Lily. Uh, we couldn't cut this Ginny scene out and give those lines to Lily and Harry. Uh, no, no. She's just being Ginny is just being motherly. Uh, right and and so motherly because the way it ties back because you know the the nameless girl is saying like i want to go home uh and 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 she's like i know and and harry's like i want to go home um (laughs) i want to i want to make you my wife i want jenny to take me home um but then (laughs) but then it leads into maybe like my most like head scratching line here which is but he was home hogwarts is the first and best home he had known <laughs> he and voldemort and snape the abandoned boys had all found home <laughs> here and i'm just oh, i don't know what that means those poor really, boys is that really what i was supposed to fucking take from the snape chapter oh just one of the lost boys one of, of the lost boys snape Voldemort and Harry. One of the poor lost boys of Hogwarts. You hate to see it. I just, I'm like trying to connect these dots of like what these three characters really have in common. Other than like had a bad time. Except for Voldemort and Snape were both like born fucked up. And Harry's like Jesus. (laughs) So Harry made it out okay because he was, he was born good. Um, He's born without sin. The the weird part of this too is that like Hogwarts did not healthily factor into either of those characters' lives. No. Like, like it was healthy for Harry because he's he was born good and he met friends and he was sorted into the good house. Yeah. Um and was and like had the privilege of becoming friends with like the wizard who ran the, the building, right? Like he <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh Voldemort and Snape were both like rebuked by Hogwarts, right? Like like uh uh you know Voldemort 
I guess at one point, like, wanted to be a teacher, right? Um, but he also, he wanted well, to, like... Well, did he? He just wanted to get the get the tiara. Oh, that's true. That's true. So it, it's not even that. Voldemort's relationship to it is, like, I killed a girl here. Uh, he and, did do that, didn't he? Yeah, he killed... Ah, uh, the lost boys. <laughs> the, 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 the heady... Just smoking in the bathroom after you've hidden the body. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, so he 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 murdered a girl there, blamed it on someone else, and then tried to and has now succeeded in taking over the school that he's obsessed with. And Snape uh was sorted into Evil House. Yeah. And, and it amplified his worst traits. And uh then uh Vol or Dumbledore even acknowledged, like, damn, that's on me, I guess. Oh well, and I didn't do anything about it. <laughs> and, so yeah. Hogwarts is a and it's not even like like if you're going with the religious allegory here there's a version of that that I think works if you're like oh if you know if you're contemplating like oh like like the, the dichotomy of this world this beautiful world this terrible world like so much beauty and pain all in one place that may that makes sense but Hogwarts is like a it's a fucking school. Like they could change. They could like vote on like whether or not the evil house exists. Like tomorrow, the PTA could get together and do that. Yeah, it, it's not. This isn't like a, a a machine that has been lumbering forward for millennia that like can't be you know can't be stopped with a simple uh, flick of the wrist. Right? It's like no. This is a, it's a school. Dumbledore could have fixed this place for all of these lost boys, literally overnight, probably. Um, it's so funny how this book like consistently like backs off of its own themes just because it relies so heavily and also like the brand relies so heavily on your own like early book nostalgia for yeah. Hogwarts. Right. Yeah, it, it can't for, for as obvious and as rich as the idea is, it cannot question Hogwarts. Mm -mm. It is a real shame because like I think that this is another aspect of it that just uh, uh, shoots the religious allegory in the foot. Like, I think it would work. You could easily work those ideas about Hogwarts maybe not being the, you know, the like the best fucking place in the world into a religious allegory. Right. Like whether you want Hogwarts to represent like the world at large or a church. Right. Like there, there's an easy way to make it fit either of those. But it doesn't. It is just the perfect building where nothing has ever gone wrong. <laughs> and the Lost Boys are <laughs> are finally coming together to crack some cold ones. Yeah. And then Harry, you know, he keeps on walking. He's like, damn, I wish I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could talk to Ginny, which he could do. There's nothing stopping him uh, uh, from talking to Ginny here. I don't think I feel like maybe saying goodbye to someone you love is is fine probably do that rather than just tell neville you gotta watch out for that snake you must you must kill the snake which again he didn't have to do since we already established that ron and hermione would do it if he couldn't <laughs> i guess i guess neville is gonna kill the snake though right yeah he's because he's gonna get the sword he's gonna go sicko mode are we gonna see that or is that just gonna happen i don't rem i know we see it in the movie but i don't know if we see it in the book okay but uh, he goes back to deducing because he's walking through the forest now. Mm hmm. And here this is his most BBC Sherlockian deduction yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his his realization of what the engraving on the snitch meant 
that said, I open at the close. I open at the die. I, I open at the die. Yeah. Can you you want to walk us through his brain process here? It's very funny. I mean, I have to start like sort of early because, again, it's just like these long mm-hmm. plodding sentences. Mm-hmm. A swarm of Dementors was gliding amongst the trees. He could feel their chill and he was not sure he would be able to pass safely through it. He had no strength left for a Patronus. He could no longer control his own trembling. It was not, after all, so easy to die. Every second he breathed. The smell of the grass, the cool air on his face was so precious. To think that people had years and years, time to waste, so so much time it dragged. And he was (laughs) clinging to each second. At the same time, he thought that he would not be able to go on and knew that he must. The long game was ended. The snitch had been caught. It was time to leave the air. Dot, dot, dot. The snitch. His nerveless fingers fumbled for a moment with the pouch at his neck and he pulled it out. I open at the close. Breathing fast and hard, he stared down at it. Now that he wanted... Now that he wanted time to move as slowly as possible, it seemed to have sped up. And understanding was coming so fast, it seemed to have bypassed thought. This was the close. This was the moment. He (sighs) pressed the golden medal to his lips and whispered, I am going to die. This is... So fucking funny because he goes from a sports metaphor, which I at least think is like characterful for Harry. It sounds like it's something out of fucking Riverdale. Yeah, it's it, yes. If it, like if for for like Harry's pea brain that can only comprehend <laughs> uh, uh, Quidditch and like pretty girls hair. Yeah, I, I accept this. For him to then leap from like, damn, this is like when sports happens. Yeah. To, damn, the, the, the close is like when you die. I live at the dead. I, live I understand the, completely. I is so good because he has to sh- he has to shift. I mean, like this this is the uh like the the i was about to say one paragraph but it's more like two or three but it is the it is like the single perfect encapsulation of who harry has been in this book which is like depending on whether the chapter needs him to be harry potter or needs to be a sunday school lesson he just becomes <laughs> a completely different person right and yeah. like this you know usually that has happened from chapter to chapter like if he's giving a, a sermon to ron uh, or if he's, you know, uh, being Harry with Hermione in Godric's Hollow, like, mm-hmm. like that just it just happens between chapters. Here, it takes place over the span of a paragraph. Like he's like, "Damn, I love Quidditch. All all my brain thinks about is Quidditch." But the game's over. I love games. Also, it's time to leave the air. Is a really funny <laughs> uh, uh, description of what happens in Quidditch. But just like. To go from that, which, like, is silly, but, like, understandably, recognizably hairy, to him suddenly having a real intimate knowledge of, like, how storytelling works hmm. is is really funny. Like, he is just the author here because he needs to be. Maybe he remembered the dust ghost because the dust ghost, you had to say, I didn't kill you. And this is, <laughs> I'm going to die. You have to, you have to tell the dust ghost, I'm, I didn't close you. Yeah, I, I didn't end you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just it's very clumsy. It's it's presented I open in the third act of the novel. <laughs> it's 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 very funny that like all of the um, the trinkets that Dumbledore gave uh, had to be 
explained with the most obnoxious bullshit. Um, I mean, like, I will grant, okay, at least the book that he gave Hermione had the Deathly Hallows in it scribbled in it and so she she was at least able to figure something out from that i mean that then led her to make completely galaxy brain pepe sylvia ass like connections but that's something at least ron he got that lighter and was like yeah it turns out the lighter uh uh tells me when you're thinking about me and also created an (laughs) orb that i could follow to find you which which there's zero clues for either of those and and similar similarly here uh, there are no, were no clues that like, you know, other than like you say, like you, you, you recognize it like, ah, books have a close. Um, there, there's nothing that could, uh, like lead you to like figure this mystery out before the character, like, you know, ideally with a mystery, you want to figure it out. Maybe, I don't know, a page or two before the character does. Right. That's sure. Perfect mystery timing. Um, but like here, it's just like I'd forgotten about this. This is another people were very uh, happy to show us the um, that homestuck like that. That was sure a mystery that we didn't know was a mystery thing <laughs> yeah. this week, last week. Um, and this is another thing that's like, I just forgot that this was a going concern. Like, oh, I open up the clothes. Oh, uh, right. The snitch. Thing yeah. Yeah. That thing that Harry has been like, he hasn't even been obsessing over this in the book he's not been we've not been getting moments of him going like we, we got that one scene where he like smooched it yeah it's it's surprising since he has this like or rather his like sort of character development in this book often is about having this leap of faith for dumbledore yeah and i'm surprised that Harry doesn't obsess over this and think that his not able to solve it is not him like failing Dumbledore somehow. Like he's like, Oh, yeah. if only I could, if only I could figure out this mystery, like he wanted me to. Right. I would know. And then at this point it would be like, Oh, I knew I mean, all along. Stupid, but whatever. Yeah. It's just, a, it's, it's a, it's a lot of time devoted to a very, convenient mystery so like like the character the character just understands like metaphors in storytelling now there's is- too many there's too many objects and none of them mean anything and right. none of them have a mystery that like they all act like they're revealing themselves as a mystery mm-hmm. but they're not that is such a great segue into the other object that comes out of this fucking object it's the resurrection stone here it, it is works different I guess it's because Harry has like special knowledge now. I guess it's like divine knowledge that it's like okay to use in this case because he's going to die. <laughs> it's like not to bring people back to life, which seems like sort of a different thing, but that's okay. Yeah, he has a real long opinion about this. Um, and about he's very sure that he's right about it, too. This is this is another arguing with the audience thing. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that we know about the resurrection stone is that the la the, you know the guy who supposedly got it from death or whatever, uh, like, you know, brought his sister back or whatever, and she was like, "Holy fuck, I'm a zombie," and uh, she was not happy with it, and then he killed himself. Yeah. So but this is the good way to use it. This is the good way to use it. If it, which, oh my god, this is 
It's a very narrow use case. The very narrow use case <laughs> and such a bizarre excuse in a religious allegory. Mm-hmm. If you are ha- if you are making a religious allegory about immortality and how like you've got to let go of your mortal uh 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 you know shell when you die and you need to accept it when other people leave you to die because it was their time and they still love you or whatever and but like to to have this the the like upshot of that and they like the good reasonable characters version of that to be like well i'll just do i'll just like half do it right it's really very (laughs) funny like (laughs) it's like really not making a very strong religious statement here like i mean even the line is really funny where he's like i'm not bringing them back to live i am they are bringing me to die This is this is the uh, the Bible says I can't spill my seed on the ground. Okay, like I'm. Not- <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> it's, it's just like I, if you, it's as long as as long as you bring someone back to life, but you're go but you're going to die. That's fine. This is like what we talked about last week about how when you get God on technicalities, he loves <laughs> That's that. Right. God loves getting God on a technicality. he thinks that's really cool (laughs) in every in every bible story where someone where someone tries to trick god he's like oh you got me (laughs) that's the letter of the Uh, law not the spirit of the law i did write it that way didn't i fuck (laughs) ah well just this once okay (laughs) oh my god um uh, but he, you know, he turns it and he says Shazam, and then who should arrive? But what a roster! What a roster! And like, do you get the impression that he like specifically picked these people too? Like he chose who he was bringing back, right? I, I, I have to imagine so because I think that's how the stone works. Because the guy who in the story specifically wanted to bring. Was, that, was it his wife or his sister? I can't remember who it was, but it was it was he wanted to bring someone back uh, so bad that death gave him the stone and said, like, this will do it. It's just this this chapter is a little bit frustrating. And I understand that it's supposed to be very like dreamlike and yeah. him, like making. But this is like the second time in one page, like when he when he discovers the I open at the close, he literally says, like I read, it was as if he like bypassed thought, which I'm just like rolling my eyes a classic and then, harry potter move i know and then and then we get to this part where he's picking who is going to escort him to his death and it doesn't say like he held them in his mind or anything like that it says he understood without having to think <laughs> right <laughs> i'm like oh guess we just don't know anything so it, that's fine yeah I, I it's it's funny that you like mention how dreamlike this the sequence and chapter feels too because like it does but also in this moment it's it's incredibly funny how far out of its way it goes to make sure you understand that it is really happening this is ex- it's extremely literal as uh, well it's both dreamlike and literal yeah yeah because and it's like to its detriment because i feel feel like and I, so many people love this scene um this is this is like one of the most famous harry potter scenes right um, book or films, I think. Um, 
And but I think it, it it is kind of a case, almost kind of similar to, I guess a little opposite to, but but similar in that like there's a kind of a fan um, interpretation that isn't really what happens. Mm. Where I think the fan version of this scene and the understanding of it is a little more dreamlike. Mm-hmm. And like, and also that he like spends more time with his mom in this scene than he does in the actual book. Um, because it, it, the thing that makes it so clearly real and not a dream is that when these like sexy ghosts appear, yeah, they are seen in it. They are, they are presenting themselves in a fashion that Harry has never seen them. Um, he, Lupin is young and hot again. Sirius is younger and hotter than he's ever seen him. <laughs> uh, it's, and so, like, clearly he is really seeing this and he's not just, like, you know, I- imagining or thinking about these people in the way that he ever saw them. Mm-hmm. And, and he hears James and Lily speak. And, I, you know, he... he same... This 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 loses a lot of impact, I feel, by being completely literal. And also, like, there's a moment halfway through this scene where I realized we have actually seen this exact scene happen before in this series. When? When uh, they do the the uh, whoopsie reversey on his oh, on Voldemort's yeah. wand and the ghosts come out and they're like, Hi, Harry. We're your mom and dad and Sir and uh, um, a bunch of other people. And uh, we love you. You're so brave. And keep on pointing your wand at Voldemort. Everything's going to go fine. Mm-hmm. And they like watch him and cheer him on as, yeah. as he fights. So like we've seen we've seen Harry see his mom and dad and have a heart to heart with them before. And he he's doing it again in the woods with this magical stone. And it really lessens the impact. I'm like, well, <laughs> this isn't actually all that like rare or unique yeah it seems to happen a lot it seems like it's really easy to interact with dead people in this world (laughs) that is so about moving on and dying and 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 leaving yeah uh so let's list them all shall we Mm -hmm. so obviously right off the bat resurrection stone yeah uh number one with a bullet that's the one that's in this chapter yeah, and I guess sometimes if you have like the same stuff in your wand from like the same bird or whatever, and then <laughs> and then you try to shoot each other, it makes a connecting beam, and then ghosts come out of it. Yeah, that's number two. So that's pretty weird. Uh, number three is there are actual ghosts. There are ghosts, yeah. <laughs> so there are just actual ghosts that that can hang around. I guess they're I guess they're sort of made under specific circumstances, like they they choose not to go beyond. Um, they tell, I guess they tell. And only wizards have ghosts. Oh, yes. And only wizards. Because their can souls have are better. Because, <laughs> yeah, wizard souls have like so many options when they die. It's kind of, it's, it's like they're the premium account, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, normal muggle human is just like the free, the free, free to play gamers. Yeah. Um, there's paintings. Mm hmm. Uh, and then you can also put your memories in a, um, in a book or whatever and become a ghost that way, like a horcrux, <laughs> if you're evil. I feel like the paintings are sort of like that question that you ask about, like, um, Star Trek transporters, like the way that they work. Oh, and it's like, yeah. it, you know, it, it like takes a, um, it, the computer memorizes like your molecular structure. It disintegrates it 
transports the molecules and mm-hmm. like reforms it at your location. So you can be like, well, did you die? Right? Like the, the person on the other end isn't you. They just have all of your memories and mm-hmm. like exact structure. Like the paintings seem like the same, uh, like, m- like metaphysical concept, right? It's mm-hmm. like, if you can download all of your memories thoughts and who you were as a person into a painting like yeah you died but come on (laughs) jk rowling's got to get a copy of that game soma you probably really like that oh yeah um but uh yeah it's it's just very very um it, it it's it all serves to dilute its own message is the problem right like it, it's it, it it could there is a great story about letting dead loved ones go here mm-hmm. but in a really weird way and in a way that i think almost there's almost something that i want to read into this that's like kind of deeply sad about it mm. is that it is it is telling you with a straight face that it, this is a story about accepting the realities of death and letting people go but the author herself clearly can't let Mm. that go and is just like what if there was a painting what if there were ghosts what if there was a what if what if harry had an emotional one last uh, uh meeting with his parents like three times and there's something kind of interesting about that i guess Uh, like it serves for a bad story i think Mm -hmm. because it can't it can't be about the themes it wants to be about because of the way that this is structured but at the same time there is something really weird and a little eerie and sad about a book that's like that keeps telling you with a big smile on its face like nothing hurts about dying uh it's just like going to sleep you and you gotta let them go and they're all happy on the other side but there is all this other way, th- these other things in this cool universe that I'm imagining that I objectively love because Hogwarts is like perfect. And this is not a story about like the problems with the Wizarding World or like class or, or, or you know, a, a metaphor for like England or anything. It's like, no, this is my cool fantasy world where uh, wouldn't it be cool if you could have a painting of, uh, you know, your dead friend. And there's something kind of haunting about that. Yeah, it it is sort of interesting and it's hard not to read into in this chapter where you write all that stuff into your story and then you want your character to have this really internal reckoning with the idea of his own death, but you don't write that in, right? right. You don't you don't have Harry going am I ready to move on or will I come back as a ghost? Do I want to be a ghost? Like, (laughs) because especially because he's so like, I want to go home. Hogwarts is my home. And there's no part where, where he's like, well, I could be a ghost at Hogwarts. Yeah. Is that, is that what I want? Is that bad for some reason? Like it just bypasses this entirely. And I think maybe the most fascinating thing about this chapter to me is the angle of it as Harry, as a, as a human person, as someone who, you know, and like, I get, I get like Christ allegory that's going on here. I understand that he's like dying for everyone (laughs) and that they're, you know, going to live because of his sacrifice and all this stuff. But him as a human person, as this 17 year old kid, he can't question whether 
his soul is immortal. He he factually knows that it is. So this <laughs> this chapter spends about 90% of his internal time thinking about how really all that he's losing is his physical body. It is very like physical focus. Yeah. And he doesn't factor in, oh, will I be a painting? Oh, will I be a ghost? Like any of that. It doesn't want to touch any of that stuff for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Never ever even hints at like even wondering at what's what lies beyond that or what he hopes is beyond that, right? Yeah, but even that's sort of funny because in this story, the immortal soul is like empirically provable. Empirically provable, but Harry and Harry has no interest in 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 it. No. Uh, yeah, it's super weird. So the tone that it takes on is like him being like, "Ah, oh, I'll miss my body. I can't. I was really taking for granted that my heart beats, and also like." Yeah. I can't hang out with Ron and Hermione anymore. Yeah. And for that, like a little while, I guess. And then and, until I come back as a painting and like hang out in their living room or whatever. Yeah, it's just really, uh, I don't know. There's something eerie about it. I mean, like it, it, it has the, um, I mean, like obviously not on like the same level of like being important or good. Right. But like, there's a little bit of like, I don't know. There's a little bit of like Milton in this where it's like, very religious but also incredibly homoerotic right like that's that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a lot of like old religious fiction yeah uh or, or or even just you know not even necessarily specifically homoerotic but like a lot of old religious fiction that's incredibly horny uh right um or concerned with vice or or, or whatever where it's like i love that kind of thing because it, it, it is it is incredible to watch authors especially like you know medieval or like you know renaissance just like old old historical authors wrestle with that stuff in their time period um mm -hmm. like watching jk rowling wrestle with it but also not even be able to like muster the like i don't know if i want to call it energy or like courage or even like the self-awareness to like make the story more concerned with the religious aspect it just makes it feel like it is a um a, a like treatise on accepting accepting death that the author doesn't actually really believe and that's really weird to to deal with yeah it, it feels like there's something missing yeah i mean it's it's missing and frankly it's missing the insane clown posse thing where they come out at the end of the <laughs> album and say like and guess what it was all christian <laughs> like you know like insane clown posse honestly has more artistic integrity than jk rowling at this point like just just coming out and saying like and guess what shangri-la it's actually heaven and we've been leading you to the gospel this whole time like whatever 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 album they did that on everyone was like oh i, I that's weird i didn't know that the clowns were religious <laughs> um uh like, that was us for this whole book. That was us for this whole book. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know At this. Dobby's grave. I didn't know the clowns were religious. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but like it, you know, I, I there's a quote from her post uh, release of this book where she, you know, she says like, yeah, it, you know, this is obviously a very religious story. It's actually funny. Funny enough, it's part of the quote that we read in the godric's hollow chapter mm -hmm. about how well of course he would go and see christian gravestones because it's a very british story right um which is a you know there's a lot to unpack there but like the the you know she also mentions that like 
she she was afraid of um coming on too strong with a religion and like the resurrection story right um and that is very funny because well she did <laughs> well, well it's funny because she did but also didn't because it's like like it's 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 so clearly religious but uh uh but it's also it it doesn't actually say anything about the religion it's just like if you know you know right i'm just trying to find the actual thing she says here it was the plan from the start rolling told reporters doing a press conference at the beginning of her open book tour it wasn't because she was afraid of inserting religion into a children's story rather she was afraid that introducing religion would give too much away to fans who might see the parallels ah spoilers spoiler alert this (laughs) Spoiler alert, the story uh, from a Westerner might include some Christian allegories. (laughs) Uh, To me, the religious parallels have always been obvious, she said, but I never wanted to talk too openly about it because I thought it might show people who who just wanted the story where we were going. Uh, Indeed, in its most simplistic, Harry's final tale can in some respects be boiled down to a resurrection story, with Harry venturing to a heavenly way station. Oh, that's right. That's where we're going next week. Mm -hmm. Forgot about that. Um very funny it's like you didn't want to give the story being a religious allegory away is a very funny way to say the story wasn't really a religious allegory until the last book i you know harry being jesus in this book is sort of weird and i like understand like mechanically he is but the the story that's being told here feels much more like that the bible story i don't remember names the guy that had to bring his son up to like be sacrificed and then god was like just kidding Oh, yeah, yeah, Abraham's son, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a religious allegory written by someone who clearly has some thoughts about religion, um, but because of how muddy the, the, the muddy the, 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 the actual waters of the, like, story get because of all the Wizarding World stuff, I mean, like, I mean, like, it, it's, it's, we, we joke about the, like, oh, god loves getting caught on a technicality thing mm-hmm. but like for a christian story the entire wizarding world is sort of getting god on a technicality right like it, it yeah that could be interesting yeah I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in here but it's not what she's trying to write about yeah i mean like th- that is and, and it but it, 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 god i'm just realizing now too the um the the tale of the three brothers is a story about three guys who get death on a technicality mm-hmm. and get punished for it. Right. So it's it, it, like I, I, all the pieces are again, I'm sorry to say my catchphrase, all the fucking pieces are here, like for something really interesting. And I feel like she might, she really might've just chickened out of some writing something much weirder. Maybe. Yeah. Um, because because there there is such a sense of like desire in the portrayal of the afterlife here mm-hmm. um or, or or i guess specifically there's a, there's a sense of desire in the way that bypassing the afterlife is portrayed in this book that the text never actually approaches yeah um, i mean it really reads like someone who wrote a book that wanted to be about death but refuses to like acknowledge the like idea of oblivion at all it's like can't can't even go there yeah so in that way it's like i don't know that is a little eerie right yeah yeah it's it's just a fantasy about like all the ways that you can put the religious afterlife off um 
and and not in a you know it would be amazing i think if in this moment harry like did think about ghosts and did think about paintings and said like i'm not going to linger like that right or or something Mm -hmm. like that if he acknowledged that the wizarding world had all of these because it's like in 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 a more put together story i think that though the big reveal would be that like yeah those were shown to the audience because they're like tempting right like yeah you want to be a ghost or you want to be a painting or you know you you want to hang with your friends forever as a as a like wand worm i I don't know what what to call the, the wand ghost things but harry makes a big sacrifice by saying i reject those things right like i i reject yeah, but we gotta like the Wizarding World. The Wizarding right, World is good. Right, the Wizarding World is good. So it just never... There is no point where Harry is like choosing between being a wizard and going to heaven, right? <sighs> Everything's good. And he's just doing another good thing in the good world. Do you think it's weird that he comes back to life? Yeah, I do. I know that we're not there yet. Yeah. But this I, is the moment of his death, right? And is the big like thematic... This is the sacrifice. Yeah. Feels no. a little cheap that you can make, have a character make their big sacrifice and then just be like, just kidding. Yeah, I yes, I I, I think that it is is it is cheap in the way that it is. Um, I mean, like, for one thing, I think that's part of why I found this this chapter so treacly. Right. Is like knowing that he's going to be fine in a chapter. Yeah. Um, And I think that it also. uh lessens the impact of the religious side of it too because this is this this is not really what happens to jesus in the bible with the resurrection either right yeah he doesn't like resurrect and then just like live live a normal human life and die of old age right like with his wife or whatever right yeah it's 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 the the resurrection that, that jesus has in the bible uh uh where he where he comes out of his cool cave and moves the rock that's not what happens here because what harry basically gets is again and this is this is just building to uh, up my case that this is very kind of sad and 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 eerie and doesn't believe what it's saying to the audience about accepting death is that harry is rewarded for accepting his death with getting to live in the fun wizard world forever (laughs) yeah which is so weird right like he's not like like he's he is making he thinks he's making a sacrifice here and that's very brave of him um but his reward is that he doesn't actually have to sacrifice anything right and that is that that is just not how a heroic sacrifice works i guess like <laughs> it, it, it and it is just like a kind of weird like ah you really like this character well they're back and they get to live forever and have a happy life right like it, it it's it, it really i i i think that it is also very funny to do it with harry um because if you are writing a book about accepting death and also your goal is to really, really hammer that in on the audience over seven books, right? 
Mm-hmm. What better way to do that than to uh, give them a beloved character and then make you understand why they have to go? Right? Yeah. Like, wow, I've spent seven books with Harry. I've, you know, like, like all the fans say, I've grown up with Harry Potter. And Harry Potter says, like, sorry, I've got to save the wizarding world. I got to die for the wizarding world and goes and does it. It's like freaking Madoka. <laughs> right, right. But, <laughs> but, for, but for like Harry to just be like, oh, and then I'm back. It was all good. And, and then I and Well, then I lift. mean, it's like it's comical because of the epilogue, too. Right. I'm back and I had three children and I married the love of my life. And yeah, but now yeah. I hate my son because he's sort of <laughs> I hate my son and I'm just a normal dude forever. I'm. It's the nine to five, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is. Uh, this, this book doesn't believe what it's selling is. is my, no. This is my very roundabout way of getting to that conclusion. But this chapter really makes me feel like this. This. Uh, this. Um, this book does not believe in the message. It's uh, it's peddling. Yeah. I mean, like, also, <laughs> I, I know I'm just like Higurashi pilled right now, but <laughs> like. For, like, Harry Potter to be so much about death, but also in a way about, like, accepting that and moving on, it feels really weird that, like, because it's easy to read into thematically about moving on from perhaps a beloved book series, right? Yeah. Yeah. J.K. Rowling won't fucking do that. No. And I'm, like, I'm, like, laughing at, like, the epilogue and the, like retcons later and all of that. And I'm just, like... Five Fantastic uh, Beasts movies she wrote. If Harry Potter is, like, really saying anything, it's that it, nobody really can accept death, and anyone who <laughs> says they do is fooling themselves. <laughs> Which would be a fascinating theme if it was on per- if that was the theme, right? Like, none of you fuckers can actually comprehend death. Anyone who yeah, tells you- Yeah, and, like, life is, life is really about wrestling and with the idea of death, and really, as a human, you just can't accept it. It just sucks ass. Sorry. Y- yeah, that would be- I would love- that's a story I'd write. <laughs> like, like, right? <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love that. I'd love that angle of it, where it's just like, yeah, you are you are going to go through life. It's going to hurt. You're never going to find any answers. Uh, and it sucks when things when people and things leave your life. Also, people will say they have the answers, Dumbledore. Right. Yeah. But, right. That is that is the other part. The, the the. This is a story about a man playing God. Yeah. Like. If if this is a Christian allegory and heaven is real, Dumbledore is not God. Um, no, he's just a dude. He's just a dude. And so if this is a Christian story, I'm sorry. Again, Dumbledore is the villain. Dumbledore is building the Tower of Babel in his office, right? Like he Yeah. He he is he is treating everyone around him like he is God. He is he is toying with their lives as if he is God. And like Harry is following a false prophet. If if we are if we are truly accepting that, like yes, this is an intentional Christian allegory um, about accepting death and 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 uh, uh, the, uh, realizing that the only immortal life that awaits you is in heaven. Blah blah blah. Then like yeah, Dumbledore is like a false god. He's the Antichrist. He's like not not trustworthy. He's good because he runs the good school in Good Wizard yeah. World. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Which is so fascinating. It, it is, it, it it's 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 funny seeing Dumbledore's behavior 
through the lens of like you know if he was like an inscrutable figurehead then yeah if he was a god it would make sense um as a human which he is and the story he must he must be for the story since this is a christian story then like he is just evil because he is a pretender he is not god he is an immortal man who died harry watched him fucking die uh and like, yeah i mean even like someone like gandalf is more inscrutable than dumbledore and i bring up gandalf just because dumbledore is a gandalf right. but like dumbledore is like way more like down to earth just human person that lived a human life it's a deeply confused story is kind of what it feels like and god we haven't even gotten to the actual like story meat of what happens here <laughs> because like ghost meeting it's a ghost meeting the ghost meeting is here and uh and who should arrive but okay so we've got the ro- let's run down the roster got james he, yeah he's looking fly yeah he's got slightly crooked glasses because he's cool he's as tall as harry he's as tall as harry his hair is messy and his smile is as crooked as his glasses just uh, a, just a cool lovable rogue yeah just a roguish chap Sirius is there and he's f- smoking hot ah uh, he's chilling hotter though. than he's ever been but his hands are in his pockets he's kind of <laughs> slouched over he's a really cool dude like he's do you think he's wearing jeans is he wearing jeans in the in the afterlife <laughs> I hope so. I hope he's just wearing like jeans and like a, a windbreaker or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe smoking a it's cigarette. Very 90s, yeah. Lupin is there. He is hot. He's got thicker hair. He's younger. Um, and he's he's chilling too. He's got a big smile on his face, even though he just died uh, five minutes ago, <laughs> and he will never see his <laughs> wife fine. again. It's fine. Uh, well, I guess you know, I guess maybe he's chill because like. Maybe Tonks is like, do you think that, okay, do you think that he died and got to the wizard afterlife where all these (laughs) guys are and Tonks was there too and they're like, oh my god, good to see you again, that was so crazy. So good to see you again, we're never going to see our son, Um, you know, that's that's kind of fucked. Oh, sorry honey, can you wait, I've got a phone call, Harry... Harry Potter wants to talk to me. Oop, resurrected so soon? (sighs) Like, you couldn't... He couldn't just, uh, I don't know, bring Tonks with him or say, like, sorry, Harry, I've got to uh, comfort my wife who also just died. <laughs> Here, here's my hot take. Uh, I think that it shouldn't have been Lupin. It should have been Snape. Yeah. Yeah, I can see People are going to call me biased because of my jersey. <laughs> our think- body of work here. But I just, like, thematically speaking, Lupin was a cool mentor in book three has been gone ever since then was weirdly like emotionally distant from Harry had an arc off screen with Tonks that was again, pretty distant from Harry and then died. I don't know what he's doing in this scene. Yeah. I mean, Snape, Snape, I think would make a lot of sense purely from the, um, like, I I don't know. Like, like if, if we're talking about people who were Harry's father figures, right. Or like parental figure, like people who shaped his life. Right. If, People if, who protected him. Right, exactly. If if the big reveal of that whole pensive bullshit was supposed to be like Snape was protecting you this whole time. I I could I think that Snape being there would be appropriate. And so Harry could say to Snape, hey, I saw your memories. I don't know why you put in all the cringe shit, but um, <laughs> I get it. You know, sorry, man. Yeah, it, that looked fact, rough. Yeah, he doesn't even get to, like, thank him for, like, giving him the memory goo. Right. You get, you're, like, you bring Snape back and be like, look, man, I know we had our differences, um, but I saw your goop. 
Um, <laughs> uh, it was kind of weird what you did uh, with my mom. Um, and uh, and you kind of look like a little bitch when you were dealing with Dumbledore <laughs> the whole time. But I get it. And I, you know, I forgive <laughs> you. And I'm going to name my son after you. Um, and Snape can say cool and, and peace out. Or, or even just, you know, maybe not even make it that explicit, but like, I don't know, it could be cute to like have James and Lily and Sirius and Snape all hanging out and like being cool as ghosts because they've sort of like, I don't know, they've moved beyond the petty confines of Earth, right? And it's like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all kind of chill in death, right? Like, everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that I would like to see instead of this escort style mission, I would like to see more of a gauntlet. Like I want to see Harry walk the gauntlet and like and like talk oh, to yeah. the individual characters instead because it could have been like Snape first because he probably doesn't matter like as much but like Harry could be like wow Snape you were really brave thank yeah. you I was I was wrong about you I'm sorry everyone's gonna think that you're an evil guy and he'll be like that's okay it's yeah, fine I did my job nice eyes by the way <laughs> and then and then he could like go talk <laughs> can to I get serious. those when you're dead. <laughs> And then he could go talk to Sirius, I guess, and then Lupin, and then he could, like, talk to his parents yeah. and then go to death or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, too. And that would be a nice, because this chapter's called The Forest again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what what's The Forest the first time? The, so, the I, I looked this up because everyone loves this chapter title. and I, think I don't know what it means, so yeah. people have put together that it is... Or, or you know, I I think that this is more. I, I don't know if we, we ever get this straight from J.K. Rowling, but I think this is more or less the thing everyone has agreed on. Um, it's the third to last chapter, not counting the epilogue. Okay. And the third to last chapter of book one is the Forbidden Forest, uh, where Harry goes Wait, in. Wait, is that the Norbert chapter? Uh no, it's the it's the chapter where oh. he goes into the forest and he. Hagrid is carrying his big crossbow and he like yeah yeets a guy with it and uh and he see and Harry sees um uh Voldemort sucking some unicorn juice. It is ring theory though. It is ring theory, yes. But but the but the but the like idea is like oh it's you know he's going into the forest again and he, instead of being scared to see Voldemort, he's going on purpose to see Voldemort or whatever. Um so it's not really that uh uh, I don't know. That's strong of a connection. And here's here is my pitch for a much stronger connection. Now that oh, you've, yeah. now that you've mentioned the the, um, the gauntlet thing, yeah, is that we have seen Harry walk through a forest that weirdly felt like a like Stations of the Cross gauntlet type thing, mm-hmm. and that was in Book Four, where yeah. that felt like that scene where he was like crossing into like the world of adults, right? And he like saw. Yeah. He saw the goblins who were gambling, and he saw Bagman, and he saw um, the the death. Like he just felt like he came across all those little scenes um, about what life was really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I could I could see that being uh, the model for this chapter, where he, like you say, maybe he sees Snape, and then he sees uh, Sirius, and then he sees Lily. Right, like that. That I think that would work quite well. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, instead, they all just sort of like crowd around him, and uh, all of the boys uh, just don't let Lily talk. I guess I don't think that J.K. Rowling is very good at writing characters. <laughs> huge, huge <laughs> if true, right here yeah. at the at the end sure. of book seven. Yeah. Um, 
It's so weird to me because I like, I do think that Harry Potter has a cast of beloved characters, but whenever I get to these huge, like climactic character moments, it just feels like everything that the characters say are just all jumbled up. The, the stuff, everything that is said in this scene feels like it could have, it should have belonged to another character in the scene. And it's just like, it all seems so obvious. And especially here where this chapter is so corny and like <laughs> lays it on so thick. It's like, just go for the obvious thing. Why is Lily not saying like, I love you? Instead, she gets the line, you're so brave. You're so brave. She says it unprompted and that's the only thing she says to him. It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, she says, you're that, so that's brave. That's her big moment. He's like, yes, yeah, she she appears and she's like, you're so brave. I don't think Harry says anything in response. He just says, does it hurt to die? Like addressing Sirius. Like, and then fucking Sirius steps yeah, in. Yeah, like, sorry, mom. I got to talk to the cool guy. <laughs> also, like, it's extremely bullshit that he's the one that jumps in and answers because... Like, he's asking if it hurts to die, and he's about to do the same thing that his parents mm-hmm. did for him, but for the whole world, and be murdered by the same guy in the same way that killed them. <laughs> and it's fucking serious that jumps in and is like, oh, it's fine. It's just like going to sleep. I fell through a curtain one time. Yeah, he fell through a curtain that was like, in, like explicitly like a mysterious, painless way to die. Yeah, that seems like a, like, sort of an outlier. <laughs> Um, I feel like there are a lot of ways where it could really hurt to die. I feel like, like being shot way, with a like, gun. Right. And like Harry is like thematically much more connected to Lily and James in this moment. But nope, we have to hear from Sirius for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why Lupin is even here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let me let me fucking summon my third grade teacher to the, for my walk to my death. Yeah. Why is he there? He's... <laughs> Him and Tonks were probably just in the middle of, like, coming to terms with, like, being ghosts and being not alive. Just being like, oh, we, I guess we fucked up. We died. Hope our son- I guess he's just there to, like, deliver the, like, troops die for our, the Constitution line, where he's <laughs> like, they die to protect our freedom, and that's what he did. So he's fine with dying. Yeah. It's cool. It's actually- you actually feel really good about dying. <laughs> um- it's such a bummer. I mean, like, like for one, it's already, like I said, it's kind of hamstrung by the fact that Harry has had this emotional meeting with his parents before. Um, but, like, it's really weird for Lily, who has not been a character in this series at all, to, and, like, it, it, in a way where, like, it's, it's sort of reasonable. Because it's like, well, she died, right? Like, she's dead, she's gone, and it's just her memory that lives on with people that she you know touched in her life but like now that we are at her third appearance physically in this story which is we have her (laughs) we have her as the um uh uh pensive memories person we have her as the first ghost in book four and now we have her as the second ghost in this book and so she's had plenty of opportunities to like be characterized and it just hasn't ever she just walks up and says you're brave like an npc in oblivion which honestly just feels like something that james should say because he is much more like thematically connected to like ideal gryffindor right. guy yeah like, he's the he... one who was like swinging a fake sword around on the train because he was so pumped about gryffindor right and i'm not 
not saying like it's a great line or anything. And I know that Lily is like brave in her own way, but I feel like thematically speaking, this would be a good chance because even in the beginning of this chapter, Harry's like, this is a different kind of bravery. And I feel like her line should be like, it, it like somehow tie that back into like loving people or like sacrificing yourself for love since that's their connection. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board. If, if these characters showed up and literally just said more or less directly to the camera, what they're supposed to represent in the story, it would be 10 times better than this. I mean, yeah, like, this, this chapter's already so corny. Like might as well just go for yeah. it. If Lily, if Lily like showed up and he was like, does it hurt to die? And she's like, not if you're dying for, the people right. you love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or just have just have James be like, you're so brave. Have Sirius be like, you're fucking cool. You should get a motorcycle. Uh, and Lily, have Lily say, I love you so much, right? Like, just really basic shit. And also, like, basic shit that would work so well as a more ambiguous story, too. Mm-hmm. Because those aren't things that, like, people really say right but they're the things that like harry would imagine someone who he's never met saying because yeah that knows... would be a great thing to like set them apart from just pe- like people right? right like if you were really supposed to believe in this difference between like people who are on earth who haven't like moved on or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know like something to make them a little otherworldly yeah would be good yeah if this is just harry visualizing accepting that his parents loved him you know and believing that uh or something and that that like like that or just you know like making it ambiguous but it's just so weird that they are definitely real because they're all walking with him and then even so if they they have footsteps that's the craziest part to me uh is that they like have corporeal footsteps when they're walking <laughs> through the forest um so they are a special kind of being um but they don't they don't really do anything for harry in this or like for for the story um other than uh make it more confused as to what it's trying to say about accepting death um but but i think lily just getting the short end of the stick this entire series is just such a bummer like let her talk. Let her, like, be a person. Yeah, if she's gonna show up so much. Right. To talk. <laughs> she just never gets to. We have zero... And, and it is so buck wild to, to, imagine, to imagine this scene as it is written rather than the movie version where they've changed it, right? But, like, Harry is 17 in this scene. They are all, like, 20. Yeah. Like, they are peers, basically. Mm-hmm. So that is truly wild. And like, again, could be really cool if Harry realized seeing them like, like, wow, like, like this war is so fucked up. Like they died not much older than I did. And I'm like crossing this threshold of like, I'm nearly older than my parents who who are dead. That could be like a real realization for him and something to think Mm -hmm. about. But like, there's no, there's no sense of how old these characters are or what they behave like. Like, I don't like Lily. Lily was a twenty-year-old woman who, like, unquestioningly threw herself in front of a bullet. Like, that's pretty cool, right? Like, yeah. I want to know more about this person. Honestly, she seems kind of neat. Um, and I don't mean like, oh, 
tell me that she's a perfect angel because that's what, uh, the only thing this book does do. But I want to know, like, I don't know what makes this woman tick. Like, she's she's twenty. She's nine years younger than me. Like, it's it's crazy to think about. Uh, right. Uh, and and it, the story doesn't actually do anything with that. No, it almost like doesn't want to, which I also think is very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The things that the story turns away from, I think, are more interesting than whatever it is actually trying to do. <laughs> all these people show up like these. These would all be like TikTokers now. Like, yeah, like these. These are like fucking Harry meeting his Zoomer parents. Basically, it's it, <laughs> it's really it's it could be really quite something. Um but like being 20 in 1991 or whatever, like at least tell me like, is she wearing like a band shirt or something? Like what's, what's, what's her deal? Yeah. Honestly, their like appearance and Harry seeing them as t- being like 20. And I don't even, and I mean like serious and Lupin too. Yeah. It feels much more like, again, with the themes and not being able to let go, it feels much more obsessed with the idea that like, life goes on after you die right like it's mm-hmm. not it's not real like you will just be you after death yeah, i don't yeah it's just, again, it's just weird another weird refusal to let go which is totally fine if that's what if that's what this story was about like no it would be cool if there was an afterlife that was just normal actually but that's not the book the book is showing us these these afterlives that are entirely incongruous with what the themes of the story are which is that like you've got to move on um but none of these characters have had to because i mean they they don't have to harry doesn't have to because he's gonna be rewarded with his his normal life back again after one chapter so it's it's all it's all meaningless um and the meaning that is there is like completely counter to what the author tells us this story is about um, so they escort him through the forest, and who should fucking show up but Dalhov and... Uh, here in this final fucking moment, who's gonna be the one at the final showdown? And of course, it's Yaxley and Dalhov. It's Yaxley and Dalhov. You know them, you love them, they've been appearing for seven books and being built up as villains this whole time. Or wait, no, they haven't. They're two fucking guys who we've barely ever seen before. <laughs> Uh, Bellatrix is there with her heaving breast. Oh, yeah. What was with that? <laughs> She's, she, uh, yeah, her heaving breast. She's with breast. child. Oh, I wish she wasn't. I wish she was not. There's two giants. Yep. They, they, they're tired out from, um, like punching Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> they're resting. They're tuckered out. Um, there uh and there's Lucius and Narcissa and they're looking sad. They're like They're so they're like this sucks. I wish I, I <laughs> this wish, sucks so bad. I wish I wasn't here. Um wish we were just hanging out at our mansion instead of fucking spider forest. <laughs> uh Hagrid is trussed up on a tree. Trussed up on a tree. Didn't want to read those words. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't ever want to see that. <laughs> Shibari Hagrid all upon the tree. No, <laughs> The secret, the secret is this final showdown. It's a Hagrid's Hut clusterfuck. That's right. That's why he's there. It's a symbolic Hagrid's Hut clusterfuck. <laughs> they needed Hagrid there for its count. I can't believe he's there. Like I laughed out loud. I cannot believe it. The image of him tied to a tree is so fucking funny. 
It's it is comedy. You can't you can't have this like go into the villain's den and it's like silent, right? And Voldemort's like, you came, and then Hagrid's just like, no, Harry, and he's tied up on a tree. It's absurd. But Hagrid is like canonically like eleven feet tall. Eleven feet tall. So the maybe lo- not. Maybe that's too tall. I th- I think that's right. I think how tall is how tall is Hagrid? Hagrid? Eight feet six inches. Eight feet I think, six. I okay. think normal giants are eleven feet tall. Okay, nine feet eight inches with the hat is uh, uh, is is Hagrid. I regret to inform you. I think we've actually maybe read this before, but there's a screen rant article called Harry Potter: Twenty Strange Details About Hagrid's Anatomy. Yeah. Oh, there. No, they wrote those for every character. There's like a it's Harry's an- Anatomy and Draco's Anatomy. Very it's weird. Concerning. Very concerning weird stuff. Shit. But yeah, Hagrid Hagrid is a a nine foot tall, huge, strong guy. We've seen him like Kool Aid Man through walls. He got <laughs> he got thrown through a castle wall a chapter ago. Um, he he went like mini boss mode on those Death Eaters in book five. Yeah. So he's like probably a pretty hard guy to kill or stop. Okay. Pro- no, I mean. Like sort of difficult, right? Uh, he's 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 like I said, he's a mini boss. He's not okay. Sure, he's not a he's not impossible to kill, but he's got a big HP bar. You've got to okay. You need to equip some gear, um, like the Elder Wand, perhaps. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and instead he they I guess they got him and tied him up. I mean, you could probably do like t- more traditional violence. Uh, well, he, the thing is, is that like his skin's really thick. The, the, I think shit bounces off of him. I mean, we know spells do, but I feel like you could like you shoot him. Probably shoot or do a sword yeah, attack. Probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe there aren't any Death Eaters with swords. They're all they're all maybe. mages. Full party. I mean, you could mages. probably summon a sword. No, impossible. Okay. Only Snape invented sword spell. Okay, you're right. <laughs> but but Voldemort just not even trying out his cool new toy on on Hagrid is really funny to me. Like, just how did he get? I guess the spiders carried him back. Oh, that's and the right. De- were the, and where the Death Eaters are like, what are we supposed to do with this guy? <laughs> the spiders. I forgot about that. The spiders carried. So like, oh, these fucking swarm of spiders appeared, <laughs> and Voldemort was like, oh, what have you got for me? And it was Hagrid, and he was like. <laughs> Wrong one. Uh, <laughs> we're looking for the short guy with uh, glasses and a lightning bolt scar, actually. Yeah, and they all very wrong. They very all, wrong. They all scuttled back off to find Harry. Um, and, and of course, in the middle of this scene is Voldemort himself, who is uh, praying or might have been praying uh, or counting silently in his mind. I, OK, I love this. He might have been praying or else counting silently in his mind and Harry standing still on the edge of the scene. So, like, he's either praying or he's those going are the two one, options. 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000. Just like, those are the... <laughs> if you see me sitting on a couch, eyes closed, yeah, there's just only one or two things there's that two could be going things. on in You've there. You've discovered God or you're counting. Yeah, so probably counting, but who knows? Oh, and who can forget? Uh, Nagini is there. Sorry, Neville. Nagini's here, actually. Uh oh. And she's a big halo in this guy, in the air around. Very cool image. That one. That one's just going out there for any uh, Wizard Rock album covers. It's a cool image. There's surprisingly little fan art of it too. 
Mm-hmm. We poked around a little bit last night, and there's some, but not not as much as you might expect for such a striking sounding image. And Harry Harry throws off his cloak, and he's like, "Surprise, bitch! Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me." Uh, I'm here to die. And gets so fucking kill me. <laughs> so, so pull the trigger. What are you gonna do with that big bat? <laughs> <laughs> Better make it hurt. Better kill me in one shot. <laughs> It's just not that exciting, you know? I don't think Hagrid there yelling is a great addition to this solemn scene. (laughs) Harry, no! He turned. Hagrid is bound in trust, tied to a tree nearby. What the fuck? Super weird. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and then, yep, Bellatrix leapt to her feet, was looking eagerly from Voldemort to Harry, her breast heaving. It's dripping with drama, that's for sure. It's very visual. This this is a this is a movie, a four movie scene. Yeah, it, I mean it, it is it is it is definitely setting up a big image. It's definitely very dramatic, but it is also four pages of Harry standing in front of Voldemort, being like, "Are you going to shoot me?" And Voldemort taking his sweet ass time to shoot him. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also sort of a cop out because this is the only time that Voldemort hasn't like spent a bunch of time gloating and like torturing and 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 saying some shit. Voldemort has like basically nothing to say here. Yeah, he calls him the boy who lived, which feels like a really sort of a sort of a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, not that's kind of like a sarcastic badge level insult. Um, uh, doesn't really work, and Harry is. I mean, like, he's been determined this whole chapter, and so there's really no, like, there's no, like, is Harry going to go through with it question here. He should at least, like, try to shoot him. Yeah, I kind of wish that they had done, like, a Western showdown, honestly. Um, That would be kind of cool if they just uh, kind of did a pistols at dawn thing with their wands. Because Voldemort, because, like, Voldemort has also been going on and on about how honorable he is in this, in this book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, like, is a lie, first of all, but, like, I, I, I like imagining that it's a lie he kind of believes, or, like, a lie that he a- attempts to, like, live up to, right? Voldemort is manifesting it. Voldemort is manifesting, yeah. Um, and, I mean, like, he has dueled Harry and lost multiple times, and I kind of feel like he's here to look cool in front of his followers because he's like looking all dramatic and he's got a snake halo and, and whatnot. I feel like he should at least, cause there was that in book four, there's the scene where he like challenges Harry to like a formal duel. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like makes him bow and, and whatnot. I kind of would have liked to have seen that again. Um, and just yeah. have Harry refuse to either refuse to pull his wand out or whatever, or just, you know, get shot first. I feel like that would be a cool way to make that work. I think so. Um, but uh, instead, um, Harry uh, <laughs> Harry imagines Ginny and her mm. blazing look. Yeah. And the feeling of her lips on his, and then he dies. On his what now? And I laughed out loud when I got to that line. <laughs> <laughs> I was losing my shit until I realized that it was... You're supposed to read it as the feel of her lips on his. But there's an M dash there. And so I was like, on his what? On his what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's 17. Yeah. He's thinking, he's thinking, he's like, damn, I never, I never got. (laughs) 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 
chapter, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, very narrative heavy, very themes heavy, and just really not very. Um, I, I I think it's a fascinating chapter, but it it's because of what it doesn't deliver on, um, rather than it like actually delivering on any anything that it's trying to be about. Yeah, the themes just aren't doing it for me. The themes aren't the themes aren't connecting. The book is like deeply at odds with itself about what it wants to be about, but not really in that interesting of a way. Um, and I, I just can't stress this enough. And I know this is a mean thing to harp on, but like, it is just incredibly corny. Um, it is, it was a, a real, a real sugar rush after reading this one. Oh, definitely. Um, there's one last note I want to talk about here, mm-hmm. and it has to do with Lily. Okay. Can you can you uh, tell me how Lily looks at Harry when she appears? Oh, hungrily. Here? Yeah, hungrily. Hungrily, huh? Just filing that one away in the uh, uh, weird, the weird file. Hmm. I don't know what we're supposed to make of that. Is that? telling us that jk rowling doesn't have the same like negative connotation in her mind as to what looking at someone hungrily might mean and that maybe the snape thing was a little more innocent than it, it's supposed to because it comes off as is it just bad word choice and she didn't think i just i'm i'm very stuck on lily looking at harry hungrily Maybe if Lily could, like, say some more fucking words, we would have some more uh, information to go on. I'm hungry to be alive to see my son. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she doesn't accept death all that readily after all, but we can't have. Oh, this- weird. Yeah. May- or, or but maybe we. Uh oh, that's going to. That's not the thing. Abort. Uh oh. Can't let her talk. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I have. I have no idea what to make of that, but very, very strange. Um, well, is there anything else in this chapter you want to cover? Mm. I think it's cool in Narnia that God is a a lion that talks. (laughs) Yeah, that is sick. Narnia is written for like six year olds, like I said, and it's like way weirder than this. Yes. And also another Narnia is another one that like is fascinating in a very Milton-y way of, like, it's very religious, but also there's clearly some, like, stuff he's working through in those, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's fascinating in that way. And, like, this this is also, I mean, this is clearly working through some stuff. And I, I think that is the one way that it it, it is interesting, is that, mm-hmm. is that my most, the most engaging read I can do of this chapter in this book now is that, like, it's really a book where J.K. Rowling does not believe what she's writing. Yeah. Um, uh, and that is certainly fascinating, but it, but it is not, not as um, part and parcel with the story as a whole as like it is in Narnia or something. Um, it, but it's, it's like just manifest. Like this is our one, one chapter's worth of Narnia weirdness, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, those that like trend in YA novels that are like, 
modern day classic retellings. Like this is the the YA uh, modern retelling of Cinderella or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, this chapter doesn't read really as, or and like this book as a whole doesn't read to me like uh, like an allegory. It reads to me like uh, like YA Bible retelling. <laughs> Oh man, could you imagine <laughs> the YA Bible? That's yes. Yes. The, oh, that is so fucking funny. I <laughs> Yeah, that is what this feels like. Yeah, and and it's similar is muddy and weird in similar ways to how that like a an, an intentional like YA Bible thing would be, right? Of like, mm-hmm. wait a second, you just made God the villain in this, right? Cause, Oops. Because uh, uh, what, what what would he be? Uh, Minister Six O D of the <laughs> of the Holy Mega City, right? Has a special friendship with. Uh, Holly, uh, who's our spunky lady Jesus in this spunky lady mm. Jesus teen? Uh, uh, I like, I like Holly. Holly. That's very good. Yeah. Holly. Christmas. <laughs> Holly Christmas. Holly Christmas. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but secretly. He uh, secretly he is her her father, sort of, but not really. But also, he wants her to die to save the city. But that's so wacky. That's so crazy. Yeah, that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be thinking about this for the rest of the day. Why mm-hmm. <laughs> Bible? Yep. Yeah. Yeah that that is kind of where 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 this chapter ends up. It is it is it is yeah. incredibly fascinating, but mm-hmm. a real stinker, I think. Uh, as an, yeah, as an I, actual chapter of Harry Potter. Yeah, for sure. I think that's it for me. Yeah. Well, um, a very, a very fascinating theological chapter discussion this week. Um, mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break before we come back uh, for our third segment. Sounds good. And welcome back. It has been a little while since we've uh, gone to the subreddit. Yeah, well, we go on the subreddit all the time. We go on the subreddit all the time. But we here on the third segment in an official capacity, you know, we we had our, our big saga of, of gaming the subreddit and gaining access to the Slytherins. <laughs> um, and we haven't been there back there as much because it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Alexander wept for their no more worlds to conquer, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, but this is a special chapter. Um, this is a, uh, a, a famous beloved moment where Harry walks into the woods and meets his, his parents and his cool, his cool friends. Um, uh, and people have a lot to say about this one. Mm-hmm. So I have, um, taken, uh, a, a, a little search on the Harry Potter subreddit for the forest again, and found us some questions, some theories, uh, most of all, just some, you know, some posts. Yeah, great. It's, it's, it's time for us to dive back in and read some posts. Mm-hmm. So, 
I'm rereading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And I started thinking about the part when Harry dies and meets Dumbledore in what they call King's Cross. As Harry goes back, we find out that the Voldemort had, as well, fallen down and most likely passed out or whatever. <laughs> what okay. do you guys reckon he was seeing? Did he experience what it was like to be dead when all of his horcruxes were dead? Was it just a normal blackout? I would love to hear any theory or opinion on this. I think he was awake and just, like, face down on the ground like Harry was in, <laughs> in Dumbledore's office. He, you think he, like, killed Harry and he was just like, yes, <laughs> and just, like, got down on the ground and was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some good, good responses here. I think mm-hmm. Harry saw what he saw because he was, quote, unquote, dead. Voldemort yeah. was probably just weakened and collapsed at having lost one of his horcruxes. I don't think he actually passed out. If he did, it was probably just a normal blackout. I don't think there's a definitive answer on this, though. What's the difference between a normal blackout and passing out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, he either fainted or he didn't, right? Someone is Someone is also pointing out something here that I think is important to take, take uh, into account. Harry was the second to the last Horcrux, not the last one. Uh, uh, in addition, oh, there, there's a yeah. There, I forgot. There's like the little weird, the little weird freaky baby that they see in King's Cross that we're gonna find next week. Yeah, is he experiencing freaky baby? Is he existence? Is he, yeah, that would be interesting if he was if he was having a shared a shared like uh uh, uh pur- purgatory experience with harry mm-hmm. um uh but like i so a lot of people here seem to be convinced like oh he he passed out because harry was a horcrux and the horcrux died i mean we've seen a bunch of horcruxes die right and so like that's what i'm and I'm, he just gets fucking pissed off is what happens <laughs> I, w- I love the idea that when he, if uh if that was true he would just ragdoll whenever a Horcrux died, like in the middle of whatever he was doing. Maybe that's his, maybe when he gets too pissed off, he ragdolls. <laughs> he just, he just starts like vibrating like a, like a CS source ragdoll and like yeah. clipping into the table. Yeah. That'd be I mean, great. He's a weird, he's a weird guy. Yeah. Everyone's just like, Oh, Voldemort's okay. Voldemort's uh, cl- clipping through the floor again. He, gets, <laughs> he must be really pissed off. He must be really pissed off. <laughs> um, uh yeah rather than just getting getting pissed yeah i actually don't know what happens when he kills kills harry i'll be curious when we read the does harry have to fight him again yes oh yeah god damn it yeah sorry we have a whole other uh battle of hogwarts chapter to to get to yeah because i guess he's got the piece of his soul that just is still in there yeah and and we've got to have not my daughter you bitch and we've got to have nagini dying so so that's all (sighs) you got a lot to look forward to still it's like three chapters it'll be fine I believe Voldemort couldn't see what Harry saw as it was Harry's mind or soul that experienced this. However, Voldemort might have felt something, even though his soul was so ruined and ripped apart. And though he did not know Harry was a Horcrux and did not notice losing the first Horcruxes, by the time he got to the forest, he had become more aware of the danger of losing them. And perhaps because he inflicted the damage himself and because he was so close to it, he could sense something at that moment. Harry saw or rather sensed the piece of Voldemort's soul at that moment and imagined himself to be at the station. A sort of limbo. I believe Harry survived because the piece of Voldemort was... Okay, that's... 
This is this is just doing the chapter for us. We got we got to get to this chapter ourselves. Reddit, you can't just read the whole thing to us. Mm-mm. Uh, since Voldemort had essentially killed the Horcrux that was in Harry, I think that's when the connection ended. So I don't think he saw Harry in Dumbledore and King's Cross. Yeah, I think th- it's very uh, this detail that Voldemort is also sitting on the ground when <laughs> Harry wakes up is very funny. I had not I did not remember that detail, um, but I love the idea of. Voldemort knock Voldemort really sucks in front of his followers. Mm-hmm. Have we ever seen other than that? And honestly, even this just makes him seem kind of like petty and childish. Other than that scene where he um like kills a bunch of people who are running out of the room because he's pissed uh, about the Horcrux thing in in Gringotts. Mm-hmm. Has has he ever like successfully like been an intimidating guy in front of his crew? I mean, I guess he killed that lady. In the beginning of this book, but that's yeah. not really like intimidating. I mean, it's like, like, wow, this guy's crazy. Yeah, but... that's just more like, wow, this guy's fucked. Yeah, but like he, so like, let's go down the list here. Book one, he's stuck in the back of a guy's head, and he has yeah. to. When they, the guy has to wear a turban to hide it, and so he's yeah. just he's just stuck talking like this all the whole time. He's this is all the part. Then. In book two, he's just completely a wall. Um, yeah, he's not around in book two. Um, except to uh, uh, appear as a ghost who gets owned by a twelve-year-old. Yeah, but that's not really even him. Yeah, that's right. His hor- i guess his Horcrux is standing in for him there. Uh, book three, not not doing anything. Book four, he he's he's sucking on snake juice, and he finally gets resurrected. But, like, in his big resurrection scenery, he's running around <laughs> uh, as a weird nude man. Yeah. Um, he uh, challenges a 14-year-old to a duel and loses um, mm-hmm. in front of all of his, in front of all his boys. Yeah. Book five. Uh, his boys all fuck up a plan to kill a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah. He does uh, show up to get owned, though. <laughs> and then he shows up to lose to Dumbledore in a in a in a fight and he has to escape. Book six. Uh, what was he doing in book six? Uh, he gave Draco a suicide mission and then Draco oh. showed up and was like, wow, it worked. And he's like, really? Yeah, he was he was mostly just chilling in book six. Actually, it seems like he wasn't really doing much, uh, uh, you know, Dark Lord stuff. Yeah. And then book seven, um, he is constantly being outsmarted by a, by a teenager. He's really just sort of on a solo mission. He's kind of walking around the countryside. <laughs> yeah, he goes. He kills a few children for fun. Yeah. Um, in in Germany or whatever. Uh, uh, and then uh, and then he like gets mad at his guys, and then he kills Harry Potter. And then even in the moment where he kills Harry Potter, the thing he's been telling his his crew, "I'm going to do this." Watch me. I'm mm-hmm. calling my shot. I will defeat this teenager. <laughs> yeah. He falls over. He's like, ow. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. So embarrassing for him. Honestly, you know, like when the hyenas eat Scar at the end of The Lion King? <laughs> yeah. Why does that not happen? Like at the moment yeah. where it's like he shoots Harry and then he like collapses onto the ground. I'm just surprised that these his crew isn't like, uh, now's our chance. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see that. That would be kind of cool, actually. I, I yeah, I kind of like a splinter death eater. Like, okay, this guy's stu- look. This guy can't even kill a teenager. We've all killed tons of teenagers. We just did in this big battle. Because really, like, what is the point of Voldemort to them? Yeah, 
Yeah, they don't really. Uh, we we sort of outlined this uh, early in this book, but like they don't share an ideology really. He doesn't seem like he has any interest in like making them rich or. I mean, he like sort of furthers their goals in various ways. Yeah, but it seems like in this moment. All of their goals have been achieved, and a lot of them are are suffering more than they are achieving their goals, like Lucius and Narcissa. Mm-hmm. And at this point where Voldemort has collapsed on the ground, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Bellatrix would be like, all right, I'm the boss now. Just, mm-hmm. just shoots him and is like, sorry about it. I'm I'm now the evil queen. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, but I guess she like kind of like loves him or something i don't i'm not really clear on their relationship so lame um yeah no maybe maybe yaxley is like now's my fucking chance (laughs) i've been in i've been in the background this whole time and now is yaxley's time to shine it's raul raul's gonna be the king now raul and yaxley dueling over voldemort's body Mm -hmm. to become the next the next dark lord uh here's another post what if Voldemort killed Harry in the fo- forest again? He did. I'm working on a what if fanfic and just wanted to see if your opinions match my own. What are a few things that you think would definitely happen? What are some things you think might happen? And what are some things you wish would happen? He, he did, though, didn't he? I think I think we're assuming like dead, dead. Oh, dead, dead, not coming back. Yeah. Well, obviously, Dumbledore's perfect plan would go off without a hitch. Uh, Hermione and Ron would kill... <laughs> kill nagini and then <laughs> uh and then the world would be plunged into darkness i don't know do 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 harry or do um ron and hermione paint harry i don't know i don't know how it works like i don't know if you have to like commission someone while you're alive to paint you to transfer your memories or <laughs> holy not shit. holy fuck i just thought of something what this this is how did this how is this not what happened i'm losing my mind Harry Harry dies to save the wizarding world. I'm yeah. I'm in full I'm in full Pepe Sylvia mania mode right now. Okay. Harry fucking dies. Yeah. Uh he saves the wizarding world but he is gone and he is dead. Snape uh, or Snape not Snape. Voldemort face down in the woods, he exploded, he he's dead. Nagini is dead cuz uh cuz uh, Neville was like I better go kill that snake um or something. Uh and everything Everything is fine, but it's very sad because everyone's missing Harry. Uh, I wish mm, Harry was here. That this is whole sad. Time. Yeah. Going through Harry's belongings, Ron and Hermione oh. are like, like I can't believe our friend is gone. We'll remember him forever. You know, we should we should sort through this stuff and 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 find something to remember him by. They pull out. Dobby's fucking painting of Harry. Oh my god. And it's an ugly painting, but it's unmistakably Harry. But he's and, in there. And he's, he's in there. He's in there. And it's like, oh, they do they, you know, and and Harry is gone, he's dead, but there is there is a little bit of him left in this painting that his friend Dobby who died to save him. Oh. Made of him. Now and, they have to put this ugly painting up in their house forever. They have this ugly painting of Harry, but like that's cool, right? Because it's like it's like you know he's gone. He's not like going to concerts with them or anything. He's not oh, like right. yeah. You know he, he's not like dropping you know dropping Albus off at at Albus Severus off at, for school or whatever. But 
like they could be, you know, they could be chilling at breakfast and be like, hey, hey, Harry. And he's like, hello, I'm here. This this is a horror story to me. Is the thing. <laughs> it's like I am, I am picturing this ugly ass painting up in the wall in like because like Hermione and Ron got married after, you know, and had beautiful children right after the book is over. And are they just like and it's like up on the wall. But like there's they're getting like their kids ready for school and they made uh toast and beans or whatever and is harry like up there and he looks all fucked up and he's like hey what are you guys eating like this is a a horror story to me frankly okay i could see the horror ending angle of it but i think i i find it cute just because of like the dobby connection oh it's it's terrifying it's like a shitty painting yeah i mean that's sort of the dobby connection too though because dobby's like i tried to save your life by breaking all your bones so (laughs) so I, i like that um yeah, I just I don't know. I, I like that's if you want to have Harry survive somehow, and you're okay. It, but that's like the Jumanji ending. Like that's the yeah. Jumanji epilogue. It's like <laughs> it's all it's all everything is over. Harry died to save us all, and then it's like, but the <laughs> the game exists, and you get this epilogue with Harry just like at and he's like, I can't die. What are you having for breakfast? <laughs> it's, it's messed up. I like that. <laughs> They put the painting in the bedroom at first, then realize that's a really bad idea and like move it downstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and like maybe maybe they get tired of him, like, you know, like Oh, and they end up putting him in the cupboard under the stairs. Yes, so like, it's garage. so fucked. Oh no. They're that's like, ring theory. This like, is oh, the fucked up ending. This is the bad end. This is this is so like they like they're it's it's great for like a couple weeks. It's like, wow, I'm so glad we still have our it's friend. It's like our here. best friend is here. Our yeah. best friend is here. And then like like he starts asking weird questions, like, you know, he's like from the other side of the room, he's like, Hey, what are you guys eating for breakfast? Uh, and then they're cr- trying to watch TV and he's like, Hey, uh, can you move me so I can see the TV? Oh my God. And they're like in a fight sometime, like just like a normal couple fight. And then he like butts in and is like, wow, this is just like in third year when <laughs> Crookshank, he thought Crookshank's like scabbers and it's like, fuck Carrie. Or he just goes, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to turn it into a comedy. I'm trying to turn it into a horror story. <laughs> It it's a thin both, line. Really. It's a thin line between horror and comedy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Harry witnessing like a like a fight, uh, or what if, what if uh, he sees uh, Ron and Hermione's kids like breaking a rule or something? Uh, what does he say? Like, oh, he see like who broke who who cut a big hole in the sofa? Harry. Oh, well, he see? became a cop. He's like a huge snitch. Oh, he's a huge fucking cop. So he's like, oh yeah, it was it was your shitty kid. Yeah. Um. Oh. Ooh, this is so so dark. Do you think that painting like woke up for like a minute or something when uh, when Harry? I don't think th- no, I don't think the paintings just wake up. It's so fucked up though. <laughs> Maybe like 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 Harry died in this moment and went to purgatory with Dumbledore in his brain or whatever, and like that painting like w- wakes uh, up for like oh the painting's eyes just open for like a no. minute and no one's around to see it. Oh, you're right. This is a horror story. It's cool though. Yeah, like Harry <laughs> Ron Ron and Hermione, it's like it's like Valentine's Day or something, and they're watching a movie and they're like, Harry, can you like go hang out with Circa Duggan or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Should we read some of what Reddit has to say about this? Yes, please rescue me. Okay, I think everyone would have kept fighting, but most would die eventually. (laughs) And then maybe a few generations later, Voldemort would get his body destroyed and float on as a spirit forever because no one would be stupid enough to bring him back this time. Eventually, he'd be forgotten and he'd be stuck on Earth haunting forests for all eternity. Lots of our favorite characters would have died. But ultimately, the side of good would win because Voldemort's level of evil is just not sustainable. (laughs) Yeah, evil has never reigned before. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, The OP responds to this this, uh, post with, do we assume Neville kills the snake? To which the commenter replies, I haven't really worked out those details, but I suppose, yes, he could. It doesn't go against my theory. The only necessary thing for my theory is that Voldemort, being extremely powerful, manages to escape the battle with his life. Probably not too hard for him. I think Harry was supposed to win using the Phoenix Wand, but that was broken, but he lucked out with the was Elder Was supposed wand. to win? Supposed to win using his Phoenix Wand. I guess in the duel. So- by supposed to in what way i guess dumbledore was like ah he'll have the wand with the twin core really and and then hermione broke it maybe is that what we were supposed to think i i i i have no idea what we were supposed to think that's what i I forgot about that wand yeah real meaningful stuff yeah, they really, really went hard on wand lore. You don't forget mm-hmm. all the you, you you don't remember all the wand lore. How could I forget that this series taught us and how important mm-hmm. that is? Uh, his soul broke apart when he tried to kill baby Harry because he messed because he had messed with it. So I think something else event happened eventually where he'd accidentally destroy his body or someone else would, and his soul would explode, weakening his soul <laughs> even further. I think he would technically get his wish of never dying, but I think it would be a horrible, terrible existence. Maybe just maybe thousands of years of being a floating soul. He would finally feel enough regret and the fringe feelings of remorse, and somehow he'd repair his soul and die, if that would even be possible at that point. But I don't think he would ever feel enough remorse for that. Voldemort built the worst existence for himself he possibly could have. I genuinely think he would have failed eventually. He just would have taken a lot of good people down before that happened. (laughs) I mean, the the, go- the Hogwarts ghosts seem fine. Yeah, they're chill, really. It's, it's fine. Even even the ones that like supposedly have like debilitating trauma, they'll they'll just be like, "Oh, I'll just tell you all about it." <laughs> like like right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, they seem chill, really. Uh, my head cannon says that if Voldemort had made another Horcrux, his soul would have shattered, and he would have lost most of his powers. He would have wandered as a confused wraith until the eternity. Uh, after his last body failed a much more horrific scenario would be that he found out that harry was his horcrux he also managed to learn the prophecy by using legitimacy therefore he arrived at the conclusion that the prophecy was a setup and his immortality would be more secure by keeping harry alive as long as possible yeah if he acted a little bit more like a lich yeah that'd be cool if voldemort was if voldemort was a lich and was like see that hmm that's another angle for the uh um letting things die story if the bad guy is like no you should live forever so i can and and oh yeah and yeah yeah and tries to keep harry away from danger and puts he like creates like a truman show world for harry or something another horror story yeah another horror i mean look i like horror stories yeah i'm coming i'm coming up with horror stories here Mm mm-hmm uh would the love protection from the first sacrifice still hold in that case voldemort and his death eaters don't really stand a chance at winning since 
this would be leave them unable to harm anyone defending Hogwarts. What? Oh, I think this person is under the impression that if Harry died, it would bestow like Lily's love magic onto literally everyone at Hogwarts. Maybe. I'm. <laughs> I don't know how well. I don't know how the love magic works. Yeah. I don't know if Harry's love for Hogwarts and everyone in it is this, is like, and I'm speaking purely in like the book's own own terms here, but this book definitely sees like maternal love as some like specific sacred object, right? I don't know if I don't know if that's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is, and I'm sorry to be a one trick pony, but imagine imagine a story like set years later in the Wizarding World where we find out that like. Fucking 500 immortal people exist. Oh. Uh-oh. And then they all have to learn to let people go because their friends are, like, aging and dying. Fuck. I wonder if vampires are immortal in Harry Potter world. Yeah, we only ever find that, like, one vampire in, like, the funny party scene, right? Yeah, Sanguini. Sanguini. I love Sanguini. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if we get any, I don't even know if like the Fantastic Beasts like book has anything about like what it is like to be a vampire. Um, he just seems like a funny, a funny Russian guy, really. Yeah. All right, let's move on to another, uh, one. I'm going to offer you a choice here because, um, one of these is insanely long, but these are both kind of grab bag posts. Sure. One of them is called Fridge Logic slash Brilliant slash Horror in Harry Potter. It is the longest post I've ever seen on the subreddit. <laughs> and it is just a, it's not like an essay. It is like a, just a com- collection of extremely random paragraphs connecting ideas in Harry Potter. Wonderful. The other one is called Favorite Insane Theory. And that just has a lot of comments uh, that are funny, which um, which sounds more fun to you right now? Uh, I do love theories. So hit me with the most insane theory. Okay, so here's the OP's post. There's some very good comments as well. The top one in particular is, is very juicy. Favorite insane theory. What's everyone's favorite theory with no support? For example, here's some of mine. One, Hagrid is secretly a very powerful dark wizard. He spent his childhood raising uh, lethal man-eating spiders and then released them into the forest when another student <laughs> caught him. Later, when Dumbledore wasn't watching him as closely, he found the original spider a mate, ensuring that Hogwarts was right next to a giant colony of death spiders. Later in life, he raised a dragon next to a school again and bred another fantastically lethal species, all the while trying to force young children into contact with them. I think they're talking about the Scroots. I don't know if the Scroots are fantastically lethal. meanwhile he kept up a charade of not being very good at magic despite actually pulling off all the magic he could possibly need whenever we see him clearly this was a ruse to disguise his true magical talents and the arts of manipulating dark creatures as part of this he also raised the basilisk in the castle which went badly wrong when a young tom riddle discovered his experiments luckily everyone was naive enough to believe that it had just been sitting there for a thousand years despite the many heirs of slytherin that had attended hogwarts since I'm I'm with this person up until the last part. Yeah, I like I like the idea of Hagrid kind of having it on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Made. I don't think that his uh, dark wizard plan of making children have contact with dark creatures is is very effective. Yeah, I. So this this is positing that he is a secretly a very powerful dark wizard, and I think that it, like the items here are very interesting. But it doesn't suggest he's a powerful dark wizard. It just suggests that he's like kind of evil, or like kind of a um. Uh, like powerfully making bad decisions power constantly yeah but also like what this is suggesting with it being all on purpose is that like i'm sorry to say but they have just invented another child murderer for jk rowling (laughs) um so maybe maybe less exciting than i thought initially because the the giant spiders like don't really create much of a problem yeah they're mostly like they don't come to hogwarts you know like they're not you know, they, they don't have to say Hagrid, Hagrid, a giant spider uh, came out of the forest and, and like busted into charms class today. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, that's not really happening. They, they seem they seem chill. They kind of keep to themselves, right? Like, it's dangerous to go in there, but they are big animals. Although they do talk. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just, honestly, it just kind of seems that Hag- Hagrid just made a, a, a big problem for the centaurs to deal with. Yeah. Which he sort I, of put a city of talking spiders in in the in the forest. Yeah, honestly, if I was a centaur, I might be a little pissed about that. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I had my my cool life in my my idyllic forest that has like centaurs and unicorns in it, and then this guy came and was like, "What if there was a huge fucking evil spider house in here?" <laughs> and and they're like, "Oh, well, okay, fuck you guys, fuck, fuck you." Um, number two on the OP's list, the Order of the Phoenix and their paramilitary wing, Dumbledore's army, establish a military government after the series ends. I think we know that's not the case, but sure. Note that they're all fantastically successful in their careers, even if they're not very competent. Ron, I'm looking at you. Okay, weird. What does that mean? Weird slam on Ron in this theory. (laughs) Wait, Um, what does Ron do after? Oh, is he an Order too? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, which is surely a sign of nepotism. And also note that the magical government has never seems to have any sort of democracy. So when Kingsley installs himself at the war's end, the commanding general of the order, basically, he's setting up a junta. So naturally, Hermione <laughs> succeeds him later on. Harry doesn't aspire to run the country himself, so simply takes over the armed forces and security services, ensuring that any descent to the glorious new order is quickly squelched. So here's the thing. That just this, sounds true. Yeah, this is not right, but it's right. You know? Yeah. Like, this is just describing the state of things. <laughs> um, so they're right, but it's, like, not, like, a wacky, dark theory. That's just... No. That's just, like, what the British government is. <laughs> uh, number three. Young Dumbledore was right about the Hallows. They do make you inv- invulnerable, and the whole Harry's a Horcrux thing is only incidental. He didn't die in the forest because he couldn't die unwillingly at that point since he had united the Hallows. Then later on, he slightly misunderstands the order of events in the Great Hall. Uh, the Avada Kedavra bounces, killing Voldemort, and then Harry disarms the corpse, only then taking ownership of the Elder Wand. Obviously, ownership never passed to Draco. Don't be stupid. If disarming was all you needed, then Harry wouldn't need to own his own wand after a misplanned DA lesson. That's This is too much wand lore for me. Yeah, but Harry... Here he didn't kill Draco and he owns his wand. 
Right. Yeah, you just have to defeat them in like a duel. It's not you don't have to kill them. Yeah, actually think hang on a second. I just realized. Mm. Snape did not have to die. Voldemort is so rude. Voldemort is an asshole. Yeah. Voldemort did not have to kill Snape. He just needed to say, like, Snape, hey, man, could you stand there for a second and hold your wand out? Yeah, I'm going to kick your ass I'm going to kick your ass right now. (laughs) I'll tell you why later. (laughs) Voldemort just needed to, like, sneak up behind, uh, sneak up behind Snape and, like, clap him on the ears, you know? And make him drop his wand. And Snape was like, fuck, that hurt. Why would you do that? My ears are ringing. And Voldemort would be like, sorry, man, I just need your wand. And he's like, oh, okay, my lord. I also know it's because um, Harry needs to get the memories from Snape, so Snape can't, like, die instantly. But it's weird that Voldemort had a different being kill Snape. Right, I feel like that. Like, because in that, that feels like a technicality anyway. Yeah. Like, like he ordered Nagini to kill, but Nagini is a being. Right. A human, in fact. Used to be a person, yeah. Um, uh, so I guess, I guess the one thing kind of saves that is that it, she does have Voldemort's soul in her, technically. It's a little messy. He could just use a Vada Kedavra, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I know he loves being dramatic, and the snake, the snake death is very cool. It is cool. But Snape did not have to die. He could have just, he could have just, you know, slapped him around the, you know, like, just, just giving him a little, a little push down the stairs, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. If, like, maybe it has to be, so, like, maybe it can't be, you know, oh, just Expelliarmus me, because maybe the wand knows that you're not really giving it up uh, uh, in a duel, Right. But like, you know, maybe Voldemort just needs to trip Snape on the way out the door or something or or. Um, I mean, I think he'd actually like really have to kick his ass. But, you know, yeah, just to like sort of shame him in front of the wand. Yeah. Yeah. But but it, but he he could still keep his his guy in that mm-hmm. case. He does not need to kill Snape. Number four, Harry and Hermione wind up together. no. That, that's so sad for Ron. Sad. D- Lots of people get divorces. That's true. That is true. I mean, and like, I mean, I agree with the spirit of this. It makes more sense than Ron and Hermione, but but that's not even a theory. That's just maybe the HBO show will um, kill Ron off, like <laughs> kill him on duty or whatever on his order job, and then the and then the like main romance can be like Hermione and Harry reconnecting. Hmm. Mm. Mm. And they'll be like, should we? Ron is dead. There'll be a lot of good conflict, you know? Oh, wow. That's television. That's television. That's television right there. (laughs) Um, Speaking of things that could be revealed in a television show, here's here's a classic theory. J.K. Rowling is actually Rita Skeeter. This This is fantasy world. this, This is a classic. In this theory, people have come up with the idea that Rita Skeeter, unregistered anime just journalist, is fired from her job. Angry at the Wizarding World and without work, Rita chronicles the entire Harry Potter series, hoping to expose magic to muggles and thus make the wizards sorry they ever messed with her. It's all real. Unfortunately, all muggles reading her books believe them to be a work of fiction. Nonetheless, Rita becomes rich and famous as J.K. Rowling and her idea for revenge melts away 
and she comes to enjoy her life as a muggle world far more than she ever did in the wizarding one. Yeah, probably. This is the saddest shit I've ever read. <laughs> because here's the thing. I get I get like the jokey part of this, which is like, you know, there's this there's a weird journal. What if JK Rowling is really the weird journalist? I get that one. Um, the part where you've created the fantasy of like, and also she's having a great time. You don't have to make that up. She's a billionaire. <laughs> like you don't have to like invent a headcanon that JK Rowling is like getting one over on someone. She does that like every day. She has a super yacht. She has a, su- not just a regular yacht. Yeah. A super yacht. She sues people for fun. She probably puts banana peels on like the front step just to watch mailman trip over, you know, like <laughs> she, she, she loves, she loves doing that kind of shit. So I, you, this, the fantasy of like, and, and she, guess what? She got one over on the wizarding world. She's doing that already. So it's on our world. It's on our world. Yeah, she's fucking pulling one over on us all the time. Uh, Reddit superstar Waikikamukau is in this. Thing. Oh, hell yeah. We all know Skeeter likes to change the truth to suit her own needs. So if Skeeter wrote the Harry Potter books, I wonder what would have happened in reality compared to the books. As This no is one... bending my fucking brain. Uh, yeah? This is bending my brain. Uh, to Ugh. the books, as no doubt Skeeter would have changed a lot. I am... Oh my god. Oh wow. <laughs> okay, so the the thing that I was expecting to to be unleashed here did not happen, but something just as good. Okay. Uh, so reply to that Waikikamukau comment. Uh, although Skeeter did indeed write the Harry Potter books, she thinks she would have made her own character more attractive to the readers, as well as leaving out any moments where her character appeared weak, <sighs> such as when her, uh, Hermione threatened to tell the Ministry her secret of being an unregistered animagus if she didn't start reporting. Uh, Waikikamukau. Yes, that is true. Harry would have dated dozens of girls, and there would have been a massive love triangle between Harry, Hermione, and Ron. <laughs> also, Hermione may or may not have been using love potions on people. Here's what I so so they're going with like the the the, the romance would have been more scandalous angle. Uh huh. Here's mine. I was fully ready for Waikikamukau to be said to be saying. I bet that she changed the heights of all the characters. <laughs> like Rita Skeeter made all the characters shorter, and they're actually actually if you if you calculate it, Harry should be six one or whatever the fuck. If only. <sighs> someone else says uh she probably changed just enough to make it fanciful and outlandish imagine harry and Ginny sitting <laughs> together at breakfast and Ginny brings up the new book by rita and harry's only comment is i wish she hadn't made my family so ugly what is happening here and rita threw in the bit about her being unregistered <laughs> anime just like hermione's thread is now useless she can't just say hermione is just getting confused with the story my personal headcanon, Rita was like Tonks. She could change her appearance, and that's how she got all her information without being caught. She just th- Yeah, she could into a fucking bug. That's, 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 that's the story. That's in there. She just threw in that bit to make it seem like she didn't write the stories, and Rowling is just a face she wears to write the stories in peace. What on earth is happening? <laughs> People are really entertaining this theory. <sighs> They are much smarter than me. If you think about it, this is the perfect way for her to get away with it. She can't. She can say she didn't write them for that reason alone. Uh, Referring to to the fact that that, like she made herself look bad in the book. 
So it's the perfect crime. She she can say she didn't <laughs> write them for that reason. That's the reason we know. And she also makes Hermione's threat useless. Me and Animagus, ha, that's such a silly suggestion. And me being beaten by a teenager, I think not. Skeeter doesn't appear until book four. Maybe she was planning to publicly reveal the truth and show magic to the muggle world after Philosopher's Stone was popular enough to give her a worldwide platform, and that's why the Ministry obliviated her memories of real magic and confunded her to think that her fake identity is J.K. Rowling. <laughs> this is too smart for me. This is it's just... I can't... I, I can't tell if people are just playing along or just really believe this. I was not expecting the comment thread on this one to be so detailed on this theory. It's impressive. Uh, okay, what we get we get some Dumbledore's death theories in here. We get Voldemort as the first brother. Um uh and uh uh, uh what else have we got? Arthur Weasley is a powerful mob boss. We're told throughout the series that the Weasleys are poor and that Arthur is sort of stuck at a low-level dead-end job. However, you notice that everyone always knows who Arthur is. They always want to talk to him at the Quidditch World Cup. They look to him for answers about what has happened. He always has a helpful contract in any situation, be it borrowing ministry cars for personal use, getting the best seats in the house for the World Cup, getting information. He always has a contact who can provide him with what he needs. This is because many important people owe him favors. All of his children are high achievers who end up in really good jobs right out of Hogwarts. Without fail, they find a job doing exactly what they want right away. The only people who don't seem to be allied with Arthur are those allied with Lucius Malfoy, Arthur's one great rival. The Death Eaters and the Order of the Phoenix were outliers as well, which is why the Weasleys didn't get involved in the first go-around. I think the only weird thing in that list Mm. is the Quidditch World Cup seats, if you think the Quidditch World Cup is like the Super Bowl. Yeah. But everything else is like extremely normal. Yeah. Him... His job having company cars, I think, is not really evidence. He got to borrow a company car. Yeah, that's. (laughs) He got a company car to take him to the airport. That's really not mobbing it up. Um, No. uh, The tickets, for sure. Well, because the tickets, it's it's such a like, oh, this is so exclusive thing. But also, there's like 10 billion people there. Um, Yeah, I guess I just like associate it with like Super Bowl tickets and then right. getting like the best ticket at the Super Bowl is probably like Yeah, they got box seats, didn't they? With like, Yeah, like that's pretty pretty weird. Yeah. And with the president. Right. Yeah, they were just chilling next to the president. That's true. But I'm pretty sure that's just cuz we wanted Harry like as the reader to be like to be cool. Yeah. I do like this theory though. It sounds way more interesting. I yeah, I'm not against this one. Um, very funny, um, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of into it. Uh, let's see if there's another another one in here. Ron Bulldore, um is a classic. A classic. Ooh, someone just posted with no actual comment. Draco Malfoy is a werewolf dot com. Wonderful. Uh, uh, actually, a few people are posting Draco Malfoy is a werewolf dot com. Is that still open? Oh, it is. Oh yeah, isn't it just like a te- like a text it's, yeah, website? It is. It, this is be- This is the early two thousands, right? It's here. gonna be a sad day when Draco Malfoy's Werewolf dot com uh, goes away. This is a beautiful piece of early two thousands. When, when website they when design. they forget to renew this domain, it will be a sad day indeed. Yeah. God, I wonder how much that costs to to maintain. Uh. 
uh, da, 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 da. we have um it's about time I start writing like text posts and then instead of like posting them anywhere, like on Tumblr or Twitter, websites. it's just making websites. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just tweet out the URL. Yeah. Um there's a um uh, a theory here that uh Mark Evans is Harry's cousin, which is that's a yeah, classic. That's a that's a that's a JK Rowling oops. Yeah, uh, classic. I, I love the Mark Evans oopsie story. Uh-huh. That that's that one is so funny to me because it is the one moment I think because you know in this chapter and all every chapter we've read we know that J.K. Rowling loves to argue with the audience um, mm-hmm. and like get ahead of things like that she knows people will like notice or criticize or whatever and the the Mark Evans thing is such a like dead to rights got her. Uh, uh, like, like, why is there a character called Mark Evans in this book? Right, and her having to be like, "I'm sorry, I fucked up. I didn't think about that. Um, they're not related. Uh, sorry, I, sorry, I teased you." That's like the one time that she's ever gotten gotten caught. Just like, oopsie daisy, classic, yeah. classic. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mark Ev, another Mark Evans post. Uh, there's some people who are offended that they might suggest Hagrid was evil. Uh, I am so sure that Snape is a vampire. That's me. I wish we'd seen more about vampires in the books. We got the brief appearance of Sanguini, but that's it. Sad face. Yeah. That's, wow. That this, that might as well be my post. This might as well be a Jack Sloper comment. Yeah. Sad face. It is sad face. Uh, I believe there is someone who is pulling the strings and he is the one who is ordering Voldemort all along like a secret evil wizard and will successfully conquer the entire wizard ring and muggle world after the downfall of Harry Potter and friends. What? A what now? <laughs> this person's just asking for a sequel. I wish. Yeah. There, I, I wish there is someone who is pulling the strings and he is the one who is ordering Voldemort all along. So they're asking for like the big bad for the next book <laughs> yeah okay well lots and lots of fun reddit business there sorry i'm like a, i'm like looking at draco malfoy as a werewolf right now oh i know it's making some good points uh to me voldemort saying maybe you can babysit the cubs to draco that's a good that's a good one it is a good one i i really like this one I think it's cute. I think I I I like this one in the same way that I like the um all those endings we read in that like I just really like the idea and and respect the people who wanted a twist to happen. You know? Absolutely. Like like oh, Draco is a werewolf, Snape is a vampire, Harry you know like is is gonna turn out to be reincarnated dumble like just just some like the people just just hoping and praying for like the big reveal mm-hmm. I, I feel for them um yeah because honestly that's what this, these books feel like it's missing yeah there's like every the everything coming together and it just doesn't happen <laughs> yeah it's a book series where there's just no moment where it all clicks into place all right well we've gone pretty long here so we should probably take it to the close what do you say 
Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Lots and lots of bonus episodes there for you, and of course, early episodes every weekend, so you can listen on Saturday or on Sunday in church while no one's looking. Just, you know, if you want if you want a little, a little extra time. And Liz, uh, what are we going to read next week? Uh, imagining the comedy of us getting like four chapters within the end and then just stopping reading Harry Potter. <laughs> Why are you, are you not looking forward to this? Next week we'll be reading chapter 35. It's called King's Cross. You, you mean you're not excited for a purgatory chapter of Harry Potter? Fetus Voldemort. You're not, you're not excited for like the Matrix Reloaded scene with, but with Harry instead of Neo? <laughs> You're not, you're not like jumping up and down at the prospect of that. Yeah, I guess not. Well, that's a shame uh, because that's what we've got to read, unfortunately. But (laughs) if you do find yourself with any other time, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady here that makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.